back to this weeds this weeds it just starts off weird we've been pulling weeds this week's weird and wacky world news you like that i you do that title that should have been the title wacky i forgot the word weird wacky. wild and wacky world news well i didn't want to oversell it yeah i didn't want to oversell no, I like it weird but true it could because that's the thing it's not just a conspiracy theory if it's a truth yeah it's not just weird if it's true yeah, everything that we we're going to cover today... Like your glasses are a little wacky. You kind of look yeah. like a mad professor there. I am a mad professor. My hair is kind of weird too. That's all right. Everything's weird. Everything. But you know it's not weird. It's Father's Day. Happy day for you, Dad. Listen here. I am so oh, confused. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. When God made you a dad. When God made you a dad. When God made you a granddad. They're hoping we quit. Yeah, so to all the dads, to no. all the granddads out there, you make the world turn. You make humans. Um, so well, moms make humans. Dads make humans possible. I I think they're both make them. I yeah, think I one right. carries the making of the the child the woman can't have it Do we need to have that talk today no you need to have that talk are <laughs> no. y'all aware do you know how they're made well maybe some people might not be aware that that is actually is the that part issue? of our weird but true news yes you must be a male to be a father and happy father's day to only males <laughs> okay but I have a legitimate question for our friends in the UK, and I'm gonna pull legitimately up ask your question. I'm gonna pull up D Live to see uh, if our if our UK viewers are over there to to answer this question. Your Mother's Day does not fall on, on the, the same, same day. day as our Mother's Day, but apparently Father's Day is the same worldwide. Oh. I am slightly confused about okay. this, um, and maybe the UK viewers don't have the answer to that. Maybe you're just as um, 
confused about that as I am. Interesting. But what we're not confused about is the fact that it takes a, a dude. It takes two, baby. What was the point there? It takes you really two, want to have that baby. To, to make, make a baby come true. true. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. No, you just, it was the truth. To make a baby come true. Wow. Come on. Baby, baby, baby. Baby, 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 and I get baby, that Cos baby, Bill Cosby is, is crazy, and we didn't know that when we were watching that that show when I was. I don't a kid. think everybody's gonna get that. But as when a I was a kid, reference. they're not. But some will. When I was a kid, that show helped me mm -hmm. through life. Yes. Forget that Bill Cosby was like a child molesting, whatever. Not child, just we just drug rapist. Women. Okay. Oh, just that. Okay. So it's not no, as bad. No, Shame right. for shame. For shame. So happy Father's Day to y'all. Now, I hope that you enjoy this because I do believe that uh, throughout the throughout the show, we will make a shout out to dads. And I think that in the, wor in, in the world's wacky news, this story tends, it tends to lend itself to, and if you're on Facebook, some of those might just need to be on Rumble because it, you know, they make it so that you can't talk about daddies and mommies on facebook like you used and to it's a shame it is a crying stinking shame with all the male dads and all the female moms and if i say it then then ireland's gonna throw me in the canner or canada gonna get the po -po police at me camp yeah so if i say happy father's day to all you dads out there all and happy mother's dads. day to all your moms out there don't you know you could be like jordan peterson and next uh, on the 21st mm -hmm. canada a is gonna find out if he violated some some rules there a and some regulations and they're gonna send him to a re-education camp a <laughs> And they're going to do it with all the politeness that they do with all their passive-aggressive hatred in Canada. Know it. And here's the thing. The, can the, the, the country that gets the, the passive-aggressive Hitler award. award is Canada. They do. Does they, you know, they've come out, they've come, they've come up with a way to smile in your face and then jail stab you, you in the back, jail you and stab you in the back and just, just all around hate you and steal from your bank accounts like Justin Trudeau with a smile on his face. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So on our oh happy Father's Day. Yes. It's got the Canadian accent coming out there. Um here's the thing. Oh, we have a thing. Yes, we this is a thing. Most Canadians are not confused about gender. Most Canadians do not feel that Jordan Peterson needs to be sent to re education camp. You know, A, you know what we got a problem with, A. A is don't sure know. Jordan Peterson says the lines have been drawn in the sand. They have kicked me off. I don't know if they've kicked him all completely off the YouTube, but they were taking down videos. I find this a bit humorous to me because YouTube told me we had Mass Faith 3, okay, which was our original channel, which was our big channel, and then we had Resistance Chicks, and they were they kept flagging us for violating their terms of service or whatever and a vile and in some and in some cases we did get a human being to rescind some of our strikes like when we yeah when we made fun of chuck schumer for calling an erection on the floor it was an insurrection but he called it an, an erection and and we got a flag for that like they have cardi b who talks about all kinds of nasty things and they didn't flag her but they flagged that. So we actually got that one taken you know down. Why they, you know why you got that one taken down? 
because see that's not a word that's on my vocabulary it's literally never a word that i ever use but i saw a pastor the other day that um was thanking god for the resurrection no he didn't and he did yeah i did that was unfortunate so uh my here's the here's the good news i, I literally have good news for you because you misspeak a lot nancy you do uh, you don't have those kinds of words or else we would be in trouble. Like they're just not in there to mistake. You mistake for words that you already use. I just mispronounce. Well, I don't use different words. Okay. That's, a, that's a, you start <clears throat> to speak too fast and then other words come out. Nope. Just, 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 no, random words come out. Made up words come out. Okay. So YouTube took our YouTubes down. And you know what they started to do instead? Put Jordan Peterson on repeat and recommend and, and recommend they like did, a mad actually. feed. They pushed everybody every, to Jordan Everybody who was conservative leaning that you used to watch all these other people, Jordan Peterson would be recommended like 500 times. Well, how does it feel now, buddy? <laughs> okay. It's not exactly his fault that they did that. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It was because he. I'm telling the line. I'm being. I am. It's like it's like um Matt Walsh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm fine on YouTube. I'm fine on YouTube. I'm doing all the terms of service. Smack. What's this, YouTube? What you doing? Uh, hello. Welcome to the 21st century where you can't speak truth. The thing is, is that we have now discovered. I'm a little angry and peeved about this because I, I got she a final response right from now Twitter. from Twitter for my, for the, so we had a resistance chicks Twitter and then Michelle had a Twitter. It was a mass faith three Twitter. And I'd actually never asked for a, a, a look at that suspension. I finally got a response for both of them. And it says, you have violated our, our services or rules or whatever. They didn't ever tell me what it was. All these other people, whether it's uh, Matt Walsh or any of these people, even during the height of taking people down, if you're a big account, you get to take down the offending tweet, Right? The offending tweet. No. But, th but that's what I was just, my point that I was about to get to is, it's not about the fact that you were violating any kind of terms of service, whether it was Twitter or YouTube or whatever. I, I personally am a violation. You are we the violation. Are. See, Jordan, you're not a violation to their terms of service because you're not filled with the power of God. You're not. You too, Matt Walsh. You're not really, oh, I, I'm a threat. I'm taking down all these transgenders in Tennessee. Well, go keep going. Keep doing what, when you finally became a threat, they came after you. But you hadn't been to the new world order. Let me just put it that way. Jordan, you finally became a threat. Okay, the rest of us have been a threat for a long time. <laughs> Where you been at? All right, welcome to Transhumanist H-E-L-L. -L. It's a place, what's it called hell? All right, scientists create synthetic human embryo. And this is an important story for Father's Day. And it really is, is a genderless story because in these labs, why are they trying to do this? I, I feel it's like the same thing with uh, COVID. They say it's for research. <clears throat> but if what, if the end of what you're researching is, I was listening to a lady, I'm going to, I'm sorry, I'm, I know a rabbit trail. I was listening to a lady make biscuits. And they were called emergency biscuits because if you didn't have all the ingredients like buttermilk and butter, you could make these biscuits. So I watched her make these biscuits. And for some reason, she was going off on women and it used to be that you could tell well, a woman was a woman by her biscuits. And then she went on like this feminist rant and like the woman who made up this recipe 
for the emergency biscuits also gave a hundred grand to Mary Curry to get her radium. And I'm like, I better not make those biscuits. <laughs> okay, because I see what happened when we funded the, 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 the feminist chick. I watched the documentary movie on Mary Curry. She hated God. Okay, she grew up a Catholic church. She grew up in a Christian home. She turned her back on God. And she got obsessed Wasn't it with uranium. The... You said radium. It was radium. I thought it was uranium. Let's get it right because you know this is a uh, this is this is a really important deal on this no, show. No, it's not. It's just the, the radiation. It, it it made radiation possible. Of course, I'm not like, going to be like plugged the, into the I internet. I plugged you into the internet. Oh, but I'm not. I'm Wi-Fi. Did right, you plug me in? I'll double check it. My connection was I'll interrupted. My connection. But anyways, before we find out, we'll, we'll get back to the radium and the mercury. Scientists at the California Institute of Technology and the University of Cambridge. Did it go? No. Is, check, make sure I'm in the computer. Make sure, the make sure it went in all the way. Please. And the University of Cambridge in Britain have uh, used stem cells to create what they call synthetic human, there we go, human embryo. The scientists involved promised that they will use the technology for research oh, of purposes course. Only and not produce good. transhuman nightmares beyond our comprehension. They promise. They We're absolutely only going to use it for good. Okay, Mary Curie believes scientific research was a public good and championed its utility. She and her husband had discovered that radium. It's radium. Okay. Love you, girl. It might be stuff. Okay, it's radium. So she wanted to get the isolated isotope of radium, okay, as radium chloride. And she wanted this glowing green thing. And she slept by it. And she and her husband both, like, died of horrible cancers because of this radium, all right, that this biscuit-loving woman helped her get, this stupid radium. And then at the end of this docu-movie that we're watching, you see all these atomic bombs go off. And so for every person that's at an X-ray... Okay, and I'm glad that you can we can set your broken bone. How many people died because of this technology? And so I'm telling you, science is not always good. That science and you, and you have to be able to be led by God and make sure that you are not channeling demons. And I'm telling you, Murray Curry and that dude she's with, what's his name? You guys she know. She was kind of a Satanist. Oh, she was a Satanist. They would um she and her husband would go visit um like uh, those those women at the time who would who would who would channel spirits, right? And they would be upset because they would use the one chick was using the radium to mm -hmm. make it look like she was channeling the occult. Yeah. And then they started she tried to can't channel the occult. Literally Satanists. Electricity, Satanism. Okay? You follow it all. It's Pierre Curie was his name. Alright, so we're going to we're going to this this story here. The scientists who are Creating synthetic human embryos without a daddy. Can I just a ask the, the the question of why? They say somehow um, they want to help women with mis stop miscarriages, so they can all so they can keep. This is what is sick to me. So you want to try to create a bunch of lives, see how they end, so that you can stop them ending for other people. But it's a lie. But they're all ending. It's a lie. You know why? 
they're doing they have to put a front on why they're doing it but they oh, really just want to see if they can play god they want to make it they want to see if they can make a human so they're doing it in the name of trying to help women that are infertile or have miscarriages but they're really just liars go to the pit of hell outside our liars so these embryos quote are made without a daddy sperm and a mother egg and do not contain a beating heart or anything that resembles a brain however as the guardian reports they include cells that would typically go on to form a placenta a yolk a sac and the embryo itself Laws in the UK would prevent a synthetic embryo from being implanted into a human womb, even if they were capable of developing into a full-fledged child, but that's right now, so far. If Elon Musk has anything to do with it, I'm sure he'll fund it, which is not clear from the Cambridge Caltech study. However, scientists say that they can use the proto-embryos for research purposes. Dr. Ildem Ackerman, associate professor in functional genomics and diabetes in the UK, said there are a number of illnesses that could be researched. This is like why I really hate stem cell research. If you're going to use like a lot of them, try to use them aborted feeder cells and things like that. It will provide scientists with a model to investigate the events that occur during the initial 14 days. Up till now, we've only been able to observe such process in animal models like zebrafish and mice. Having this knowledge can be immensely valuable for regenerative medicine. That's where they want to go. We had a phone call with a couple of dudes that wanted us to help um, promote their new medical business of you, regenerative. What if you could do one and done? Even Dr. Syed Heider, God love him, <clears throat> wants to talk about stem cell research and how, like, instead of getting a knee replacement, yeah. you can just shoot uh, stem cells and then, the, and then your knee will actually rebuild the cells. Now, if those stem cells are made with plant material, that's one thing. But these, and that's how a lot of stem cells are made with plant mm -hmm. material. But you know how else they're made with? Baby male foreskins. So Candace Owens, here's a, you guys want to make a debate? Go ahead. You can debate this. I'll, I know I'm right, but I don't know. That Candace Owens tweeted out yesterday about um, the, the talk we need to have about male circumcision. And the fact that hospitals, um, no, the USA is the only hospital that circumcises males in the hospital while they're there. Okay. And in other places that do do circumcision, it's done later. And we know that Jews do it on the eighth day. That's what God set up. And that's what God set up. And other places do, do it some, you know, wait a few days. And the reason you would do that is that the blood platelets are not fully formed. Um, and, and that's why you have to give them a vitamin K shot. So it's very controversial nowadays to, um, especially for boys, not to give them the vitamin K. Because in the hospital... Um, they say you could bleed out if we don't give you the vitamin K, which thickens your blood. But if you wait the eight days and you don't necessarily need the vitamin K shot and you can circumcise. I am personally not going to go down this route with you guys. You guys can in the chat. Um, I have read both sides uh, from existing males. And I think that God <laughs> knew what he was doing when he and it wasn't a horrible thing. And that there are things that can happen, issues, um, cleanliness, infections. And that, especially for females, it really doesn't matter. And so I, I say that God knew what he was doing. If you are uncut, then the Bible says don't seek it for religious purposes. But 
I kept seeing over and over again men who would get cut later in life because of a ton of medical issues. Mm. So, and especially older men in like nursing homes have a ton of issues, infections and things because they can't keep it clean because they're in the, they're like, so anyways, it's easier to keep it clean if you haven't gone. That being said, hospitals sell them for a thousand dollars a pop. What? Because um, they, they use them for stem cell research. Wait a minute. And women like Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett no, I, use them on. for the facials. I knew that they were used. When it's not like they go and use it. They, they break the cells down. Like one, one can be used for like $200,000 worth of facials for women. Just wait a minute though. You say they sell them. They sell them. Do the hospitals ask the parents for the right to sell this? No. Or is this just like, we have the right to sell that. It's now ours because yeah. we cut it off. Yeah. And now we get to oh, sell it Oh, you're going to throw bucks, it away. It's, it's, it's like taking an animal like a cow into the slaughterhouse. And then the, that hide is now, that you don't get your hide back. That goes on because they sell it. So your child's an animal. Basically. Stinking animal. Jeez. So that's where you're getting, you're getting a lot of these um, stem cells and regenerative mm -hmm. um, things yeah. from things like baby foreskins because the male baby foreskin has like all this like regenerative type cells in it. Okay. All right. So um, where scientists aim to generate different types of cells from the stem cells of these fake babies that they're creating, i.e. Uh, the pancreatic beta cells for people living with T1 diabetes. So they're create. This is the remember the island. This movie on island where that's um, what Donna just said in the chat. She said, "Remember the movie The Island? They w supposedly weren't growing sentient beings either, but they were." And we just watched another movie like this where they would put somebody in a new body, and uh, that person's body they would sell uh, for money if like they had like a guy had a daughter who needed a procedure, and they would put somebody else's consciousness into a, a living body. Um, and this is where, and I tell you what, when they come up with sci-fi movies, that's what they're, they're already trying to do that. Somebody's trying to do that. And it says it can give us valuable insights into genetic disorders. Well, sure. Surely if you, you know, surely you could do a lot of organ transplants and save people's lives. If you just, you know, arrested those Uyghurs and those <clears throat> Christians and put them in, in China, China, Chinese people, did you know this? Chinese people ethically and morally do not want, do not become organ donors. But China is the number one um, transplant nation in the world. Where are they getting them organs from then? It's not from volunteer dead people. Mm-hmm. I always think about that when the bodies went around the, and they were all they, Chinese did, and Asian. I, well, this is a world news show, so not everybody that's watching knows what you're talking about. But here in the United States, we had an exhibit that would go around from kind of natural museum to natural museum. Of real human bodies. That were like... That, I don't know what were they like dried out. I don't know what how you word preserved it. Preserved, yes. So you could see what human bodies look like on the inside. But they were all Asian, and uh, the, China had to say that this was not. They were. Science. They did not consent. Okay, they did not consent. They were not consensual. Let me read this comment from Julia. When I voiced my concern regarding numerous X-rays I've had in the past seven months and the risk of cancer, she said X-rays are much safer than they were in the past. I pray she's right. Julia, we're going to just pray and over she, you, all right? In the name of Jesus, you're going to be fine. However, x-rays being safer, that's like an oxymoron. It's the, they're, they, they, they get it. 
it's the radiation that they're maybe they may be able to use less radiation than they did in the past to achieve what they're. What I'm they're not. Here's to the thing. I'm not personally. I don't. I, I don't think it's the radiation. Mm -hmm. I think that from an X-ray, that's really going to be your problem. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's the they do bigger things with radiation. Like our phones deal. radiate. Our your computer radiates. Don't be worried about radiation if from X-rays. You don't need to be worried about radiation from radiation from X-rays. What you need to be worried about is if you are a pilot or a flight attendant. Every time you get up and or you fly a lot. Every time you get up in that airplane, it's you're getting radiation. Unfortunately. Just pray over your body. All right. It's important to clarify that although the authors referred to them as synthetic embryos, these cell clusters are not truly synthetic in the sense that they are created from scratch. Instead, they are derived from living stem cells mm. that are, uh, originate from a real embryo. Aha. Uh -huh. So they still aren't creating life. Essentially, what scientists do is cultivate a single stem cell and encourage its growth into an organized group of cells that, in theory, possess the potential to develop into an implantable embryo. So, dads, on this Father's Day... On this Father's Day, you did it the old-fashioned way. You did it that old-fashioned way, going back to the very beginning of... Where you loved yo mama. You know, they used to say, love made that baby. Love made the baby. Love made that baby. Most of the time, don't give me the all of the extras. Most of the time, some semblance of lovishness created a baby. All right, that's crazy story. I told you this was going to be the week of wild. Speaking of fathers and children's and birth rates, Ital the pa you know the Italian prime minister who's big on family? She's like Catholic, Giorgio Maloney. Mm -hmm. She's like cooking up and bonding with Elon Musk over low birth rates. So I don't know if you guys know this, but Elon Musk is a baby-making machine. And even though he, he does have a transgender daughter, by the way. Uh, but he's not. He's like, he wishes she wasn't. Let's maybe that that's way. why he wishes that she, Maybe that's why he's against transgenderism. Because so these people it. spent an hour and a half in Rome this week bonding over concerns about low national national rate. But, uh, children being born. I don't know what that word means. Is it birth rates. It's birth low nationality. Like, that's not even me. Like, that's probably a typo. Nationality rates. Uh, Maloney said, it was a great pleasure to meet Musk. Nati an assertion. Natility. Natility rates. Okay, cool. There you go. Natility. Make fun of a word you just don't know. I didn't know that one. You can't make fun of words Who, you don't I've know. I've never seen that used in a sentence. Me neither, but still. Is that neonatal? Is that with that natility rates? Can just it just say birth rates? Just babies. An assertion corroborated by photos of the two smiling and hugging. Italy's first female prime minister said the meeting was very fruitful, noting they had discussed crucial issues such as innovation and opportunities and risks of artificial intelligence and Europeans' shrinking birth rates. The birth rate is, in fact, a vital issue for Musk, who famously tweeted in 2022 that population collapse due to low birth rates is a much bigger risk to civilization and global warming. So I feel like, unfortunately, when we talk about population, mm -hmm. We just decouple it from couples, from families. And the, the countries that are coupling couple people with families and loving mom and dad are Hungary, Poland, and Italy. They are encouraging people, families, to be bigger families rather than, you don't ever want to say, hey, we need more people, go have a baby. You want to encourage big, strong families families because no child should ever be born because one day we're going to need you to pay into social security that's called slavery boom boom 
Boom, you boomed yourself. Boom. You boomed yourself. Boom, you boom. All right. Here's the, uh, but when it comes to <clears throat> what their discussion that they're talking about and low birth rates, they're saying that we have low birth rates because There's... people are choosing not to have children. There's the, you know, transgender confusion. There's all of that. And I'm not saying that those aren't playing into people not having children. You want to know what Robert Kennedy talked about or Joe Rogan? Astrazine? That's where I was going. Robert okay. Kennedy said it's well, making actually, the that's frogs. Not, no, that's not where I was Robert going. Robert Kennedy pulled at Alex Jones on Joe Rogan. Well, now you can talk about it. But that's not actually where I was going. I was going with the fact that, like, I believe that chemicals, oh, foods, man. and vaccines are making people infertile. Because, you know, for the past 20 years, mm -hmm. there's been a rising phenomenon. When I was a kid, you only heard about people that really struggled to have a baby here and there, right? You just, it was, it was a thing. You heard about it and it was sad, but now it's pretty much like every couple that finally chooses to have a baby has issues. Like literally I, ha all of my friends that I can think of that really worked at having their, the babies that they have most more often. Even if it's just like a scheduled, you know, more often after they purposefully put hormones and things no, inside actually, their body. No, actually, my young friends, my young friends have struggled to have okay, children. Okay, uh, in our People age under group, under their thirties that did right. not ha did not take birth control. In our group, yes. In our age group, everybody who started having kids when they were younger had kids. I don't know anybody who doesn't. But people who waited longer or even like the, even people who waited a little bit, they struggled to have the first child. And when I say waited, would they used hormonal birth control right. first? But the people that I'm thinking of specifically. But this particular yeah. generation that has trying to have kids way more, can't. way more jabs. Right. So mom's generation had like four. You and I had like 10. And starting in 1990, it's, it jumped up to 33. And now it's like a hundred or something. I don't know and what it is. I don't then misquote, the food is completely different. Yeah, McDonald's when we were kids actually was actually it. it more resembled food. Um, we didn't have as much. Uh, we didn't have as much uh, glyphosate. And Monsanto was is relatively new to the to the market with the genetically modified corn. And we just played for you guys a uh, clip from Food Inc. showing that most food. Is is a, a chemical repurpose of corn. corn, and it's not just corn; it's genetically modified corn. And so, when we look uh, another thing, like even Coke. Oh yeah. So Coke used to be real sugar. I know. Bad for you, but corn syrup, and corn syrup technically, I don't know how bad it would be, but it's it's um, the genetically modified corn that's been sprayed with the glyphosate that we know turns frogs uh, from male to female. Okay, or from yeah, from male to female, and it did to kind of turn frog, eh? And we we know that these chemicals are changing the hormonal things of wildlife, and but we're feeding humans the this this slop. Exactly, and then and and another proof that that this is an issue is. There, there are a whole host of allergies. Kids, mm -hmm. are, oh, most kids are born with some sort of allergy. When I was a kid, hardly every anybody every kid had an has some sort of allergy. Right? I can't eat this. I've got this wrong with me. It's very strange. All this gluten intolerance. All their gut microbes. Their gut microbes are gone. Kids can't poop. 
they can't, they, oh my gosh, and that's the worst, right? We've got all these kids that have irritable bowel syndrome. They can't go. So my question is though, Leah, in Europe, they do not allow a lot of these chemicals. I so think what do you think is going on in Europe? Well, there are over Is that two, more lifestyle? There are 2,000 more chemicals allowed in the U.S. than there is in Europe. Right. Um, they are choosing. There's a choosing. I think that that's what's going on. In Europe, on. there's a choosing. We're it is, it is a kids. mental choosing of not having kids because I think it comes out from... So Italy, you're coming out of socialism. Mm -hmm. You're coming out of that mindset. Uh, the first thing that happens with socialism and communism is one child. We don't really want you. We don't really want kids. Kids are a burden. They don't... Communism is not very forward thinking. Communism is all about the now. Right. What can... it? Communism is about using up the resources now. So communism looks at um, who has the most... How do we go use their resources without for thinking, like with Chairman Mao? Right. You're getting a history lesson in this show, okay? It's supposed to be top world news, but it all connects to where we're at right now. So Chairman Mao went with, it was horribly forward thinking. He starved 54 million people. You mean horribly not forward thinking. Yeah, horrible, horrible and forward, forward thinking. thinking. Um, he starved uh, 54 million people. How do you do that? How do you starve people? Like, they, they became cannibals. How do you starve people? Well... You have people who, through generations, and I'm, I'm thinking like sen like a century worth of families who knew how to grow food. And you take the way the, 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 the farmer who owns his rice mm -hmm. paddy, and you say, you're going to go over here and live in communal living, right? and we're going to put somebody that we like in charge. They couldn't grow food anymore. That's how the starvation happened. Uh, that's what happened. That's what happened in South Africa. Thinking that you can just grow food without any knowledge That's on how to. That's majorly what happened in Zimbabwe. This is exactly, communists are, are, are they, communists are dumb. They're legit stupid. They are so stupid. It's, it's hard to put into words. If you know somebody's a communist, feel bad for them because they're really uneducated. They, they don't have, they have no wisdom. They have no ability to think to themselves that this person really knows how to grow this garden of Eden. And I'm just going to go in and take it over and grow this food. Like you're, you're doubly stupid because you don't know how to do the thing. And then you think that you can. Right. It's like, it's like me going to go, I'm going to go take over the auto repair shop down the street. You are making so much money fixing those cars. I'm just going to take it over and put my buddies and none of us can fix cars. And then nobody has, and then, and then we wonder why, why are all the cars broken down? Because I'm an idiot. Okay. And she finally said it. Okay. All right. So Elon Musk, I'm not, it's, I'm putting the joke. I Musk also the founder of, oh, okay. He doubled down last January and he's a big climate change guy, but he was saying that population collapse due to low birth rates is a much bigger risk to civilization than global warming. But you know, you know what else? Elon Musk has some issues. So Elon Musk, in his, um, all these babies, he's not married. And all these kids don't have a mom and a dad. So it's not going to do you any good to have a bunch of children without a mom and a dad. You don't have civilization. You, you have uncivilization. We, we have uncivilization. Population collapse is an ex ex existential uh, problem for humanity, not overpopulation. He's big on that. Musk has also specifically called out the problem of Italy's demographic winter, asserting Italy will have no people if these trains, trends continue. For Maloney, for her part, has been a vocal critic of Italy's failing birth rate, promoting pro-family policies as a central plank in her governing platform. Last fall, 
Uh, Maloney launched her party's election manifesto, promising to halt illegal immigration and boost, boost the country's birth rates, which I think is hilarious. Because what are you going to go into the bathroom and cheer people on? Make the baby, make the baby, make the baby. I'm going to help increase the country's birth rates? Like, uh, here's some pro-family measures. It was a payment of 300 euros per month for children during their first year, which reduces to 20, uh, 260 per month after they are 18. Wow, so that's like every year. She also proposed cutting value-added taxes. Until they're 18. Yeah, so, after. Yeah, it says during their first year and then... Until they are 18. That's crazy. Okay. So it's every year. Every year until they're 18, they basically get 300 euros. So proposed cutting value-added taxes on childhood products such as baby formula. Uh, no, that you don't want that because then you're... In, you're and that's another thing that contributes to a lot of this. A lot of children are being raised on formula and have for the past 20 years. That's an issue. Babies are designed to get milk from their mother. And it used to be that you would either have a, a um, you would do goat's milk or you would have someone to uh, step in, a nursemaid or something like that. But all of these babies being raised on formula, it's C-section formula, C-section formula. And what is the formula made from? Corn. Corn. Syrup. Corn syrup and soy. And so these under... And they brainwash these girls into being very not... And so it's... You know why? Let me tell you something. This is huge. This is why the hospitals don't just push formulas. And the hospitals do push formulas to bolster the formula company. To, to give them money. <clears throat> it's a complete societal issue that is designed by the medical field and those higher up, even on the global stage, to cause mothers to not have or form a maternal bond with their children. So if you just bottle feed your baby, okay, instead of breastfeeding, and if they can't convince you to use formula, they'll say just pump. Just pump, because it's going to be so much more convenient for you to have that milk ready to give the baby. So dads can feed the baby. And so dads can feed the baby. It's like, there is a reason that God invented nursing. And I know it's Father's Day, but I think most fathers understand this. I think it's part this. of it. I think all it's right? all family. This is, it is by design. And so when I've watched my friends go through all of this, I have struggled with the friends who it's like, well, my baby just wouldn't latch on. And so I really did plan on doing um breastfeeding but it, it was like you know like almost 24 hours and they wouldn't latch on and, and so we just decided to go all formula guys no breastfeeding is as natural as as time and so the fact that there are like hundreds of thousands of women out there whose babies just so happen well, to not latch on after all of these we're, you know the beginning of life this was okay. never an issue what we what we miss is um the generational maternal family what happens is in america we have and i've seen people talk about this i always thought the nuclear family was a good thing you want a mom and a dad the nuclear family is a bad thing what you need are generational families mm -hmm. so you've got your grandma and your aunts and your uncles and you've always got somebody i'm gonna here i'm gonna help you with the baby and we're gonna right. make this happen and don't you worry because my great grandmother she had this and this is what we use and here's what we got you know like they'll bring in herbs they'll bring in all kinds of supplements and they'll show you how to do something that they they already knew exactly like you need that you need you need that family type atmosphere 100 <sighs> percent 
All right. So speaking of that, Germany and France partner to try to stop Tanzanian illegal immigration after the latest Mediterranean deaths. So that's the issue with Maloney that I have with Maloney. And she's, you know, they're trying to be like, well, we don't want illegal immigration to be our population booster. booster. <clears throat> um, and I think that the focus, if you want to focus on boosting your population, you've got to explain to people that it's a blessing from God to have kids. Oh. You don't have them. You don't like, you know, we always joke, have, make babies for your nation. But no, people have gotten away from the fact that children are a blessing because they're not a blessing right now because they're so expensive to raise because all the stuff you got to buy and you're not on farms anymore. And they're just growing up in the city and you got to take them to soccer and you got to do this. And who wants to run them around to a hundred different violin lessons? Okay. They're not, you know, it's, it's like we've, we, we, you focus in on on all of the stuff for kids. So back to the min the ministers for Germany and France are tasked with regulating migration, are joining forces to try to curb deaths on dangerous routes across the Mediterranean Sea. Traveling Sunday for talks with the president of their counterpart in Tanzania, a major North African stepping stone for migrants trying to reach Europe at the risk of their lives. The two day trip by German um, the two day trip by German and French interior ministers. Follows what is feared to be the deadliest migrant shipwreck in years in the Mediterranean. It's capsizing last week. Uh, a fishing vessel capsized, packed with men, women, and children. Oh, wow. More than 500 migrants were presumed to have drowned. Oh, my God! In the sinking Wednesday off the southern coast of Greece. That renewed criticism of Europe's years-long failure to prevent migration tragedies has come to the surface. The UN Migration Agency said it could be second, the second deadliest migration shipwreck recorded. Uh, April after the April uh, 2015 capsizing of another vessel in the Libya-Italy route that killed a, about 1,100 people. A statement from the German minister's office about her trip with Darm uh, this, the, um, the French minister said, we want to create legal migration routes in order to remove the basis for the inhumane business for, of smugglers. We want the human rights of refugees to be protected. So you just want it all open? They can just come in? Like. That's what that but like. So what is your plan then? Because you're going to have to, these people need to get there somehow. And somebody, you want like legit businesses that, that run the ships yeah, instead of smuggle? <clears throat> yeah, that's. The smugglers aren't going to like that because then they won't get paid as much. Mm. You know, legit charters don't get as much money as people smuggle. Victor Orban is accusing George Soros' son of scheming to incite another migrant crisis. So Viktor Orban in Hungary warned that the, that the Soros empire, the regions of which will be handed over to the 37 year old son, uh, Alexander is planning to incite another migrant crisis in Europe. In his weekly radio appearance, Hungarian prime minister, Viktor Orban said, according to tw to uh, 24, uh, that he believed that the latest, I don't know what that meant. Dot H U. He believed that the latest migrant relocation scheme from the European Union was a result of pressure from George Soros' son, Alex, who is set to take over the $25 billion financial empire. Orban, who has long maligned the mal-influence of the 92-year-old Hungarian billionaire in his country and elsewhere, um, you know, the open society. Mm -hmm. The EU migration deal, which was reached earlier this month, was opposed by Hungary and Poland. With both countries objecting to accepting migrants who entered other countries. Under the parameters of the plan, EU member states would either have to accept a number of relocated asylum seekers per year or pay 20,000 euros for each migrant refused. What? 
Wow. According to Orban, the plan would see some 8,500 migrants forced into Hungary. However, the populist leader has so far maintained that he has no intention of abiding by the diktats of Brussels. The Hungarian leader said that he believed the reason why the deal was struck seemingly out of nowhere was a result of lobbying from Alex Soros, whom he said dictates an even tougher pace than his father, and that Hungary should prepare for the Soros family to incite the migrants, increase the pressure on Hungary's southern border. One could say that the Soros empire has struck back. <laughs> That's funny. That is so oh interesting. Gosh. All right, let me read some comments here. So let's see. Barry says the nuclear family is going to mean something else if Biden gets his way with Putin. That was a funny joke there. Uh, new way to stop migrants across the Mediterranean Sea. Breed more great white sharks. Stuart the Brit says Soros' son got married Clinton's daughter. What could possibly go wrong? Mm. Did he really? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Are you sure? So wait a minute. Look that up. Mm. You guys, I need put put me a put link that in the, in the chat. <clears throat> is that really true? Uh, so Wicked Sykes says, well, the government is already saying that the children are theirs. Very well said. Um, Lender says the U.S. is planning on sending planes to bring them here. <clears throat> Yikes. Yeah. So. Um, in our commercial break, and we can move a little bit away from the heavy stuff. We'll come back to that in a minute. Take a breather. An extraordinarily well-preserved 3,000-year-old sword has been unearthed in Germany. What? Yeah. Archaeologists have hailed the discovery of an extraordinary bronze sword found at a burial site in Bavaria. The weapon is incredibly well-preserved by the fine soil of the area. A sword of a 14th century... B.C., Middle Bronze Age, making the weapon over 3,000 years old, has been unearthed in a state of extraordinary preservation, according to a statement by the Bavarian State Office of Monument Protection, who investigated the very rare find. You know what I want to find when I brought up this Breitbart article? I want to see if I, there is a video on this, because I think this is kind of cool when you un unearth cool things. Three thousand years old. Yeah, that's crazy. How? Hang on, wait a minute. How are they dating it? Hmm. That's what I want to know. Is this the actual sword? Yeah, that's the actual sword. Here's a YouTube video on it. You hang can on see a it. minute. All right, hang on. Let me switch over here to YouTube. So they've unearthed this sword. Yeah. And it does look incredibly well preserved, which is staggering um i want to hear about this history this is, this is blowing my mind in a surprising discovery archaeologists have unearthed an extremely rare bronze age sword at an ancient burial site in germany the artifact estimated to be 3,000 years old was discovered in the small town of nordlingen so pause so there are also some look like arrow tips there to the mm -hmm. left mm -hmm. Um, yeah, those look intense. So this is a... Alright, keep going. Astonishingly, the sword was found in remarkable condition, still shining despite being buried alongside the remains of three individuals. The sword's intricate zigzag pattern, adorned with studs and rivets, remains visibly intact, offering a glimpse into the craftsmanship of the era. 
Experts assert that its creation would have been a laborious process, emphasizing its functionality as a weapon designed for precise cutting. At the time, there were just a few European hotspots for trading these types of swords, including Southern Germany, including Southern Germany, North Germany, and Denmark. Swords from Nordlingen often belonged to the urns during this period, distinguished by their custom of cremation during the Late Bronze Era. However, the archaeological team remains uncertain about the sword's specific place of origin and intends to conduct further investigations to shed light on its provenance. The discovery holds the potential to unveil new insights into the ancient cultures and trade networks of the region during that period. So wait a minute. Interesting. What uh, kind of metal was it? I, is that is in it, the article? It said bronze. This is bronze age sword. So I don't know. Didn't say what no, kind. No, no, no. I want to know what kind of sword. Like, what is this thing? Yeah, that what kind what of kind metal? metal has been preserved like that? It would have to be almost a precious metal. It says a bronze sword. Okay. Archaeologists from the Bavarian State Office for the Preservation of Monuments have announced the discovery of a well-preserved Bronze Age sword in the town of Nordlingen, Bavaria, Germany. Most Bronze Age remains around Nordlingen belong to the Urnfield culture, often divided into several local cultures within a broader Urnfield tradition, which emerged around 1300 BC. The Urnfield culture grew from the preceding Tumulus culture, and developed advanced metalworking skills in bronze weaponry and armor. The sword was found among a deposit of grave goods and weaponry, alongside the remains of a man, woman and child. The discovery is extremely rare for this part of Germany, as most burial mounds have long been looted during antiquity or opened during the 19th century. The sword is similar to the bronze D-type Rixheim swords, in that it uses a solid hilt made by overlay casting of the handle over the blade, although the sword type has been described as octagonal. The hilt is ornately decorated, while the blade shows no indication of impact marks. This suggests that the sword had a ceremonial function or was a symbol of high status. However, according to the researchers, it would still have served as an effective weapon, as the center of gravity on the front part of the blade indicates that it would be used predominantly for slashing. Matthias File, head of the Bavarian State Office for the Preservation of Monuments said, the sword and the burial still have to be examined so that our archaeologists can classify this find more precisely. But it can already be said, the condition is exceptional. A find like this is very rare. Whether the sword was locally crafted or was imported is currently being investigated. There are three main distribution centers during the Bronze Age for octagonal swords of this type, one in southern Germany and the others in northern Germany and Denmark. A comparison of the casting techniques and the decoration shows that some of the octagonal swords in the north are apparently replicas of South German forms, while other pieces when imports or the product of wandering craftsmen. Wow. That's incredible. Hmm. Wow, that's really cool fun story you found, Leah. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting.
So uh, Barry says, bronze isn't precious metal, but it's non-ferrous metal, so it doesn't actually rust. Ah. Stuart, uh, oh, the, the, uh, let's see, not Damascus metals. Let's see. Um, Damascus metals would have gotten different wear through age if it's 3,000 years old. Now, um, Barry is an engraver in the UK, so mm -hmm. if there's anybody to have um, a say in this, it would be him. So, um, Baker Mom says, I just checked. Chelsea is married to Mark somebody. All right. So, not George Soros' son. Thank you for that, Baker Mom. Um, Barry says, no way that is 3,000 years old. It's too well preserved. Mm. You know, it does look very, very well preserved. Uh, Michelle, the way they carbon date metals is by checking the radioactivity of metals. If it's before a certain time, the metal is more pure and free from radioactivity from various uh, volcanic ashes, actions. Um, and then Stuart says, could it be Damascus? So back to the, um, <clears throat> the European quota, migrant quota. So Poland has... Um, launched a video campaign against the measure of the migrant quotas and is about to adopt a resolution uh, that would authorize the government to use its veto power to not accept any proposal of migrant quotas. Austria is one country we didn't talk about in relation to this. Uh, an online position was launched to reject forced resettlement. Uh, and also in po Poland, there's talks about just like putting it to a referendum of the people, which we know where it would go. While the German right has also protested the controversial new me measure, Poland's ruling uh, Law and Justice Party has prepared a draft re resolution that would give the government a strong mandate to reject the forced resettlement of migrants based on quotas from Br Brussels. The forced migrant quotas as part of the EU Pact on Migration Asylum were decided last week at the Council of a EU Interior Ministers. Um, it says that now we want to give the Polish government a strong mandate to use the veto in the European Council, so they I guess they really want people to get behind it. However, Poland is not the only country, country considering a referendum on the issue. The Freedom Party of Austria is also calling for a national vote. Should the law pass the European Parliament, the FPO demands a referendum in Austria on this asylum package because this agreement does nothing to turn uh, Europe into a fortress. And if you go down, you can, you can play this video here. This is from uh, seven months ago on an uh, Austrian town that is re uh, revolting against the uh, government here. You can have a little bit of volume. The mayor and residents say there are too many migrants. We are simply concerned about these young men. Of course, they are out and about walking about the town, but not alone, in bigger groups. And that's what the people are afraid of, rightfully so. Mothers, women, children, shop assistants. They are approaching me daily because they are afraid. This is not okay. And these tents are housing only men, as announced by the interior minister. Now the mayor has defied the federal government and ordered the removal of all 17 tents in St. St. Georgian after the small town became a refugee camp. Altogether, we are doing a lot for integration, but these tents are just too much. Things are getting out of hand. 
Some residents say they want Austria to stay Austria. Barbara says it's the right decision. I have to honestly say regarding what is happening with these foreigners at the moment, I don't think it's okay. It's just too many are coming. Our borders aren't enough to protect well enough. And Austria should actually stay Austria. Austria has registered more than 70,000 asylum requests this year, and the government is ignoring calls for help. As for the federal minister, I have already asked three times for a meeting. He's refusing it. That's his decision. But it's very clear that this method of just putting up tents, I'm still convinced it's the most stupid solution in municipalities that are already doing enough. I won't allow that. Some migrants are complaining that the EU's Dublin rules are causing them problems. But I don't know how I can live in Europe because the system of Europe is Dublin. The European system is Dublin. That means slavery, return them back, you know. You have a fingerprint here in Austria. Everywhere you go, they turn you back. Every country you go, you're at Dublin. The Dublin rules state that all migrants must return to the first European European country they registered and were fingerprinted in, which in many cases is Italy, Spain, or Greece. But social benefits remain higher in countries like Germany and Austria. Mm. I don't feel like that's right because obviously it's not right for those countries because that's if it's um, the easiest place for them to get in. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, if you go back to that, Wait I want to see if um, did you close it out? Well, I didn't close it. I just it's not screen sharing. So this is another weird story. An American tourist pushes t two women off of a castle. What? In Europe. Get out of town. All right, let's turn this one down. This American tourist is accused of killing a woman. <clears throat> By pushing her off a cliff. Right before she he tried to sexually assault her. Near the famed German Neuschwanstein Castle, located in Bavaria. Here we are back in Bavaria again. The two victims are 21 and 22 year old American women. Holger says further investigation by the criminal investigation department then revealed that a 30 year old US citizen who was in the area of the Neuschwanstein castle as a tourist, apparently met two 21 and 22 year old women there by coincidence. Police say they were convinced to go hiking with the suspect on a trail near the castle. The younger of the two women was attacked by the suspect. The older one tried to rush to her aid and was then choked by the suspect and subsequently pushed down a slope. Subsequently, an alleged sexual assault to the detriment of the younger woman occurred, whom the suspect then also allegedly pushed down the slope. The news has made national headlines across Germany the older of the two women was slightly injured and is currently at the hospital for treatment. The younger of the two women was seriously injured by this fall and succumbed so to So this injuries. is a really crazy weird story and I just saw that and I did have this story up so I thought you guys could watch the little video of it. This is a random story. It doesn't really have any... Maybe Michelle can make a, a case for... It's just a weird story. I told you we're doing weird stories today. 
So two young American women, they were sexually assaulted and then thrown into a ravine. And you can just show them the picture of that castle. Near this castle, the new Schwestein castle. It's so it's beautiful. the famous fairy tale castle. So a man sexually assaulted the two women at this really scenic spot, closely overlooking the famous uh, now Schwestein castle in uh, Schwingau, Germany. Somebody tell me how to pronounce that. On Wednesday evening, according to a report by Germans Welt, the man led the two women on a walking trail under the pretext of getting a view good point to enjoy the vista of the castle, and then he attacked. It is reported both women involved and the suspect are all Americans. The man allegedly sexually assaulted one of the two American tourists and then threw his victim into the gorge around uh, that big, giant, beautiful bridge that you saw, which crosses a rocky 100-yard uh, deep ravine overlooking the castle. Um... And then the second woman attempted to stop the attacker. So there has been the an arrest. He saw him. You saw the guy. Yeah. We showed, we showed a picture of the guy? He came in. The video was a video of the guy arrested. Oh, okay. Like they got the guy that. arrested. Uh, and that particular castle was built in 1869 by King Ludwig II of Bavaria, known as the Fairy Tale King. The castle and another of Ludwig II's nicknames was the Swan King. And were inspired by the works of composer Richard Wagner. I'm not going to make any kind of correlation, connection, or anything. But I will say this. Here we come back to gender equality. They probably get the uh, Sleeping Beauty's castle from that castle. Listen here, Father's Day. I will bolster the men. One dude. Two ladies. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking to myself. You and I... In a situation like that, well, with the you power think of God, to yourself, we're gonna be okay. with the power of God, you think to yourself, okay, there's two of us. We'll be fine. Leah and I are not stupid enough to go and be alone with males that we don't know, that we just met recently. Hiking on a, in, a, in a really, like, I have, First like. First of all, number one, don't be stupid. I have a radar. You need to have discernment. You have to have a radar that goes off that you have to think 20 moves ahead, right? And a lot of women go over to Europe and they think they don't, they just, they I don't, don't think they women, don't. I'm just going to go don't and we're going to be fine think. and men are going to just always be awesome. I am sorry. It's pronounced Ludwig. It's pronounced Ludwig, not Ludwig. Leah, get Ludwig. it right. Sorry. Thank you. I, I understand my gender. I understand my weaknesses. I understand my imbalances. I understand all of the things that make us awesome. I get it. Okay. I want to be careful what I say here because on the one hand, I don't want to lump all women into the same category because there are some very smart, strong women that this does not apply to. But I will say this. There is a, a, a percentage of women who are stupid, who are gullible, who are persuadable, who are seducible, like, and it, and I, I'm not going to blame it on their character. Their gender makes them weak like that. Well, I'm just saying it. I'm just saying there is a difference between men and women that that weakness of their gender does not apply to all women. Okay, but it is because they are women that they, that that weakness is heightened in them. I think it's the same when you're, you need to be taught. 
And I think that kids are, you know, you have the parents that teach you to be afraid of strangers. And then there's, a par then there's the kids that aren't afraid of strangers. And I always think to myself, you should be more afraid of strangers. Baker mom says, my spidey sense would tingle. Stuart the Brit says, I don't even go off with strange men. You just don't go off with strange men. Come on, man. So, okay, I am so sorry. I, I feel like maybe I've hammered this uh, too hard on, on these women. They are victims. And I, I now I feel bad now that I'm thinking about it. I'm sorry. This is really awful that this happened to them. It should. Here's the thing. You should not have to be afraid for your life that you're going to be raped by a dude. Exactly. So There's no, you shouldn't have to. But what ladies, an insane guy. But ladies, you just take precautions. Yes. Let you, me read some comments here. Um, Well-raised in dysfunction doesn't help to be strong women. Exactly. That well, and remember, and this goes to what we were covering with the rape crisis all over Europe with the migrant rape crisis. Linda says, real. according to the Bible, he should be put to death. And many men are the same way. I would agree with you on that. For different reasons, men are are also weak in, in areas as well. So uh, I repented live on air. I'm sorry that I went straight to that because I was... When this sort of thing happens, you should never say, you are you were dumb, you were stupid. It's a horrible, horrific attack. And I am, and I feel really bad. No, but you, we tend to do something, which is... I do this all the time. How do we prevent it in the future? That Yeah, exactly. And how could this have been prevented? Right. And so I do see women uh, in movies all the time. You see these single girls who are just gallivanting praised, actually, from across. place to place. And I think about these single women. Like we were, we were in um, Glacier National Park. And there's just a single girl traveling and hiking all by herself. And I'm like... My mom always taught me something. You just never go alone. Right. You never go alone. You never hike alone. Two, you never swim alone. Well, they did have two. Mm -hmm. They did have two. They did. Yeah. Um, and, one, well, if you look at the situation, one did survive to talk about who it was. So Maybe. two was better than one. Yes, that's right. Exactly. Two was better than one. This girl probably would have, if she went by herself... That would probably never identify the perpetrator. Right. So I, two is better than sometimes one. Sometimes I just wish we had a, um, a a younger audience because I just want to just like instill in them like all of these things. Because everybody that's watching now is thinking the same. Frankly, you're thinking the same thing I'm thinking. That was really stupid. Right. And these and these and the, and the stupidity only eradicating stupidity from your body literally only and mind comes from age well, and experience. We just watched uh, a Christian movie about a guy who was a, a surfer mm -hmm. and he was gallivanting around the world hooking up with all these girls and nobody said anything of it no the movie didn't even mention it and he hooks up with a girl that he meets one day and they gallivant to the next island mm -hmm. nobody says anything of it actually the girl turns out tends to be in the movie a little bit weird and so you just see young people are like i just said to meet this new person and gallivant and do something and and sometimes you know it's it's it cannot end well uh, Carolyn says, we don't know all the circumstances. You're right. Lucy says, girls raised when dads are emotionally abandoned or have abandoned them are easily persuaded to guys showing attention for their benefit. Exactly. Very, very well said. I'm always, <clears throat> I've always thought, what is your motivation here? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know? So speaking of the uh, rapey crimes, uh, Sweden, S th this shouldn't be a thing. I feel like this is another wacky story. The, and, and all these headlines used to not be 10 or 15 years ago. So 
As many as 30,000 people in Sweden are involved in criminal networks. And like we said, it's not Viking networks. So the, the title of this story says, After the Horse Has Bolted, Sweden Vows to Crack Down as Crime Source. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what that line means. What does that even mean? I don't know. Where's the horse in all the this? The country's justice minister said Thursday, describing the figure as breathtaking, vowing to introduce new legislation to fight organized crime. Lethal firearm violence. Has increased dramatically. And Sweden is an extraordinarily serious situation, Gunnar Stromer says, who added that an official investigation set to begin later this year would look into ways to convict more criminals. The probe should be completed September 2024. Criminal gangs have been a growing problem in Sweden. It's a country of 10 million people. How many people are in Ohio? What's the population of Ohio? I feel like Sweden is the population of like Ohio. Um, that has experienced an incre increase in 11 million. Yeah, so it's Almost about 12. the same. Uh, bombings and grenade attacks. Most of the violence occur uh, occurs in Sweden's three largest cities, Stockholm, Gothenburg, and Malmo. The uh, center-right government has vowed to tackle gang-related crime by tightening the laws. Through May, there have been 144 shootings this year. It sounds like they are turning into... Like Philadelphia, seems or to me that tightening the laws never changed. Because fatalities, these, these gangs are already breaking the law. We need to tighten maybe the punishments or tighten the fact who the who are these criminals. In 2022, Sweden set a record with 62 people fatally shot. There were 391 shootings that year, and 107 people were injured. A year later, there were 344 shootings, with 45 killed and 115 wounded. A 2021 report by the Swedish National Council for Crime Prevention said Sweden had overtaken Italy and Eastern European countries for the number of shootings, mainly due to the violent activities of organized criminal gangs. Where are they getting the guns? They're On Saturday, a shooting in a Stockholm suburb left two people dead in, this, in a Stockholm... Sh 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 this, this is... By the way, these gangs are coming. These are illegal immigrant gangs. None of them are native Swedes. Okay. And the two others wounded in what appeared to be a feud between criminal gangs. These are not Viking gangs. I'm telling you. There's no swords. Right. Two men in their 20s were later arrested on suspicion of murder and attempted murder. Police found 21 rounds at the scene. And um, when you notice that this particular article does not have in it um, the ethnicities because the even the Swedish police started to pull the ethnicities and the immigration status from police reports. So it just looks like Swedes are running all these gangs and the their drugs and... Swedish gangs. You know the Swedish gangs that do exist, though, are the ones that are actually trying to combat this, like, um, vigilantes. Are there? Yeah. I haven't seen any. Yeah, we well, it's been a few years since we covered them, but yeah. Hmm. Was it Sweden or was it another country? Because I, I haven't sure seen I haven't seen men really rise up in Sweden. Yeah, because they were kind of Nazi-ish. Was that Sweden though? It I feel like Sweden. that was a different country. What other Scandinavian country would it be? Norway. Yeah, maybe. No, I don't think it was. But I think I remember. I think I remember you talking about. But we haven't heard much from them in a while. Well, maybe they got cracked down on by their, all their women. So the BBC declines to respond to allegations. Its own disinformation fact checkers are spreading disinformation. The BBC was given several opportunities to respond to allegations of fake news, but at the time of the writing has not. The claims concern alleged fake news spread by disinformation social media correspondent Marianne Spring concerning former UKIP MEP candidate and host of the Lotus Eaters podcast, Carl Benjamin. 
in the first installment of the BBC's Four's Mariana in Conspiracy Land podcast. We talked about this, which detailed the supposed radicalization of people in the sleepy town of uh, Taunton. Taun, how would you Tauntness. say that? Tauntness. 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 I have no idea. In Western England, Spring falsely claimed that Benjamin's YouTube channel, Sargon of a Cod, is currently suspended by the platform. Although the British conservative political comment commentator is currently more active on his Lotus Eaters channel, his original YouTube channel is not blocked and is still occasionally used by Benjamin. The channel was reportedly demonetized by YouTube in 2019. Spring then claimed that Mr. Benjamin had traveled to uh, Tauntness as a part of his campaign for the European Parliament in 2019 with former Breitbart editor Milo Yiannopoulos. Although Yiannopoulos did appear with Benjamin in the town of uh, Truro, how do you say that? Truro? During the campaign, a four-hour live stream of the event in Totnes, filmed by Benjamin, does not show Yiannopoulos at the event in question. The BBC's disinformation correspondent went on to interview a Green Party councillor in Totnes, Georgina Allen, who claimed that a year after the pandemic, Mr. Ben Benjamin returned to Totnes, at which point she claims half of the people who previously protested him during his UKIP campaign were now with him because they had been recruited into his way of thinking. However, Mr. Benjamin firmly denies that he had ever returned to Totnes, and there does not appear to be any corroborating evidence online of him making a second appearance so in the small town. So she just made it up. So Sargon of Akkad, which we've talked about and we haven't talked about in a, in a couple of years, actually, yeah. um, it, that's the Benjamin that you're referring to here. Yeah, exactly. So uh, there was a, um, I guess there was allegations made by also this woman that he had made rape threats. Benjamin denied that. Uh, it's likely that Spring was referencing a controversial joke made by Benjamin about Labor MP Jess Phillips, whom he said he wouldn't even rape. Tactless, as the joke may have been, and I would say that was really stupid to say. Please never say that. There was a police investigation and no charges were ever brought. So there wasn't a rape threat. Uh, Benjamin also refuted claims made by the BBC uh, verified correspondent of engagement with white supremacists, an assertion she did not support. So here we have this chick doing a whole show and creating this whole thing about conspiracy theorists and she's based upon creating conspiracy a ton theories. of false but the conspiracy theories should have basis in fact she's making up lies well you could say her basis in fact was that he made the uncouth joke. So Mr. Benjamin says, uh, I'm rather shocked about all of this. Not that the BBC would lie about me or anyone else, but about the scale of the brazenness of the lie. Usually they lie by omission, which allows them to use literal truth to tell an untrue story by excluding key facts, which change the character of the tale. This allows for a degree of plausible deniability. However, in this case, they have completely fabricated an event for which there is no evidence. When I was on my MEP tour in Totnes, there were hours of video evidence. The protesters acted disgracefully, while the regular folk engaged in rigorous debate. The BBC claimed that I have since returned and had success, succeeded in radicalizing half the town. The second visit never occurred. Wow. So, so she, her podcast is about dis, dispelling information. I hope she gets pulled from BBC. It sounds like that other chick, that Mary Poppins chick, who was the chick of oh, disinformation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking They've of They've gotten to the point where there is no information for them to do what they want to do with, so they just have been reduced to lies. 
Speaking of that, that that would be uh, Harry and Meghan. Oh dear! It we have to talk about them. We do because I think we this have, one is why it like every week when we whenever we bring up their names, I feel like there's a collective sigh of just like oh, again, really again. Yeah. So let me see um, if I've got. So they have a Spotify or had, had. a Spotify. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Spotify was like, you know there what? You You're one. not putting out content. So it's worse than that. So Adios. This is on YouTube. Yeah. So um, the media on Friday were all Harry and Meghan. Spotify mutually agreed to part ways. Uh, today, Spotify is kicking, um, and I quote, the grifters to the door. Podcaster and Spotify executive. Bill Simmons started things off on his own podcast saying these blanking grifters. That's the podcast we should have launched with them. I got to get drunk one night and tell the story of the Zoom I had with Harry to try to help him with the podcast idea. It's one of my best stories. The executive from Spotify also added of Harry, shoot this guy to the sun. I'm so tired of this guy. What does he bring to the table? He just whines about blank and gives and keeps giving interviews. Who gives a blank? Who cares about your life? You weren't even the favorite son. You live in Monticello and you just sell documentaries and podcasts and nobody cares what you have to say. I think it's Montecito. 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 Cito, Cito, whatever. It has to say about anything unless you talk about the royal family and you just complain about them. So the Spotify, maybe Spotify should overpay me to be an executive because I could have told them all that. This is from Breitbart. Uh, before the company signed a $25 million contract with this despicable duo of crybaby family backstabbers. So they they literally only made one podcast. So the Spotify signed a $25 million, million dollar contract. And well, all so they clearly get this is a breach of contract. It's so one 12-episode show where Megan sits around. I guess it was 12 episodes. They did one 12-episode show where Megan sits around with insanely rich and privileged white women to whine about stereotypes and uh, some sort of holiday special. And uh, I guess it was like, it's, I guess, uh, Harry and Megan, uh, security alone cost them, two, cost them $2 million a year. Really, $2 million? All right, let's see what Sky News says. They're being yet another book from Harry. Mm -hmm. um, it's even been dubbed Spare on Steroids, which will be interesting to see. Um, and with uh, that news, the, Su the Sussex's podcast has been cut. Um, we've seen a Spotify executive come out and speak about, let's just call it his working relationship with the mm -hmm. couple. Actually, let's take a quick look at what that Spotify executive, Bill Simmons, had to say about working with Harry. I got to get drunk one night and tell the story of the Zoom I had with Harry to try to help him with the podcast idea. Do it. It's one of my best stories. And that's not all of it. There'll be more later in this show. We'll unpack it then. But for the moment, Louise, if the Sussexes have lost this Spotify income mm. stream, mm -hmm. um, do you reckon that'll kick Harry into gear for another book? 
Well, that's $29 million they're not going to get their hands on. Mm. The Spotify deal, look, possibly he may have more fuel in the tank, as it were, but I think Megan's the dark horse here. I think it's maybe time for her to unleash her tell-all memoir because the whole Oprah thing, it, it is terrifying as well. And also, the, although the royals can't really control Harry, they certainly cannot control Meghan mm. and she will talk and talk and talk. So there's no way of um, dipping that in the bud at all. So I, I see more danger coming yeah. from her autobiography, her truth, mm. which would be Oprah on steroids, I think. I've got a little less than a minute, but sure. on the flip side, there's rumours out of the royal family that they're feeling a little bit more at ease. They think Harry has had all he's had to say. Maybe they're not thinking about what Meghan has mm. to say. What are your thoughts Every on that? single time I've thought that was the case, I've been wrong. I thought that yes. after Oprah, so I'm hesitant to say it again. But I would say it does seem like he has fired all that he has, and the royal family probably feels the same. What else can he possibly say? He said so much. So maybe there's a little bit of reassurance mm. for them in that. Surely it's all been said at this point. Oh, I, I don't know, because I, like you, I keep thinking that we've got to the end of it, but there just seems to be more just yeah. seems to be it's so like they're it's they're so tired and all their bombshells turn out to be little tiny those uh things the fourth of july you throw on the ground and go pop yeah we're gonna have a fireworks show and you give kids a bunch of like little pop, pop rocks yeah oh they've, they they haven't brought the world family down yet do you think that spotify brought them on for the bombshell tell-all stuff or do you think that they brought them on thinking you know here we have some people of note maybe we can bring them on and they can just talk about life life not just their own life but uh things that are going on in the world maybe comment on things that are going on with the royal family like bring it fresh make it new like comment on things now instead of just to use a uk word whinging about the past mm. Right? I have no idea. Whoever whoever wants to make a deal with Harry and Meghan, I question your sanity. I question their sanity as well. Let me read some comments over here. Um, Sir Libert says, lovely, cutie, Harry, height of royal manly manliness. Uh, Brabada says, the royals looked very happy at the king's first birthday bash without Harry. They looked more relaxed yesterday on the balcony of Buckingham Palace. He says Buckhouse. So yesterday was Charles's birthday. Um, and Barry had sent us a message saying it's a pretty big deal for the kings. It's the king's birthday, right? Now that he is quote unquote king. So the princess Harry is running out of profitable Griff's divorce story and book cometh. <laughs> um, Megan Dark Horse, what a pun, says um, Barry. So the Brit says one very knackered old black horse. Um, turn her into glue. You guys, let's not get into the violence that you are leaving no in she just needs to, to just go away and not be in the spotlight anymore and this is a good thing somebody is recognizing she has nothing of value so you just walk away and you go become a normal person exactly right so um i want to uh sign off of facebook not there are some stories i could probably do here but would like to uh remove the shackles of any sort of censorship because we're going to talk about censorship we're going to talk about ireland censorship uh laws and it's very really cool story of Christians and Muslims in Canada coming together to fight for kids. Yeah. And you guys are going to want to see that. I've got really cool videos. And we're going to talk about how Western Australian farmers and landowners of more than a quarter acre of land may need to pay Indigenous consultants uh, about $160 an hour 
uh, if they want to and ask them for permission to, to clear trees or put up a fence. Get out. Okay, so we've got the um, the Heritage Board, I guess they should just call it that, mm -hmm. where you can't do anything unless the indigenous people say, okay. And, and which indigenous people are they going to pick, by the way? Well, I don't know if you, I don't know how much blood you have to have of, of, of but the But they're going to pick some sort of woke, you know, whatever. So on Facebook, we have dropped the Rumble link in the chat. So you guys can just click on that and head on over to see the rest of this amazing program. We're not going to do any commercials. Just go ahead and move on to the rest of the show. All right. This is a, this is a very, this is a story that kind of hit home to me. Like I can feel the constraints. No one should be able to tell you how to grow food on your land. Yeah. This is really crazy. So farmers are facing totalitarian laws in the Netherlands and in Ireland and in Canada and now and down under in Australia. So Western Australian farmers is another way of using the woke crazies. Um, with more than any any acreage, so more than a quarter acre, so basically anybody, you may need to pay an indigenous consultant up to $160 an hour to, uh, if you want to clear trees, put up fences, or clear tracks on their own property. On July 1st, the Aboriginal Cultural Heritage Act comes into effect, which is designed to give indigenous people more control over their cultural heritage. However, in practice, Farmers are concerned over the race-based policy that is akin to state-sanctioned extortion. Australian farmers will need government permits and approval from indigenous people. This if a farmer wants to do anything that uh, disturbs more than 50 centimeters of soil on their own land, they will need government permits. This is just so strange to me. So the ACH um, was ran through Parliament in 2021 as a direct response to public outcry over a 2020 incident where mining corporations, so this is about corporations, uh, Rio Tinto destroyed a cherished cultural site known as the Junkin Gorge Rock Shelters. Opposition leaders were given less than 24 hours notice before the bill was presented to Parliament. However, the regulations of the ACH weren't released until April 2023. They weren't Nobody knew to fight back on this. So farmers are now equally panicked as they are confused. So the need to rush the Aboriginal Cultural Heritage Act through Parliament without proper scrutiny was completely unnecessary and just another betrayal of the regional uh, WA and farming sector. Um, farmers will have to somehow determine if their land is culturally significant enough to apply for a permit through the local Aboriginal Cultural Heritage Services before modifying their land in virtually any way. And failure to do so could put you in the slammer. Uh, Western Australian Farmers President John Hassel told uh, SkyNews.com uh, Australia that the challenge we've got is you can see cultural heritage where it's a burial site or meeting place. You can't see spiritual stuff. That is subject to change. You can't do a survey on 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 your place and have it walked out forever after be after because someone can come along later and say it's a spiritual place and that was my australian accent that was good as of july this year every landowner here down under over uh a thousand square meters will be subject to the new ach law said the leader of the opposition to the national western australian shane Lave. These changes do not only impact our farmers and primary ind industries, they impact anyone with a bigger black block, such as uh, half-acre blocks right across the state, including right, so rural uh, residential This areas. is the suggestion that I'm going to make for the world, okay? You're going to have to fight fire with fire mm. because there is the uh, 
RELUPA law here in its federal law in the United States, the religious use exemption, uh, land use protection federally. Act. Yeah. All right. We threatened our township with it when they were giving us a hard time for what we actually like, did qualify under. God is calling me to grow these. This animals, is my religion. And grow this so food. then it's a battle of religions. Right? So they're saying that this land has spiritual connotations. But if you come back and say, I'm sorry, this is my spiritual, like, this is my religion. I can't move. I'm alive now. Right? And so I would fight fire with fire on this one. I would use a, a spiritual, like, this is my religion. This is mm -hmm. my land kind of thing and see uh, what comes of that. Yeah. So I've got a, a little tweet here. So this is a picture of it. The Aboriginal Cultural Heritage uh, Act and your farm business. And it has the key points. From July 1st, it is practically going to be illegal for any an agricultural landowner to be productive on his own property without pre-approval from an unelected, racially selected committee of Aboriginal descent. This committee does not have to disclose with the landowner what is potentially sacred, even though this could prevent basic work such as erecting a fence from commencing without pre-approval. Uh, how do I know if they if they find if what they find is really culture important? That's a culturally insensitive question. Aboriginal people are not required to disclose culturally central information if they say so. They it's can just say it. Important. They can just say it's important. I don't have to prove it. It just is. And to top it all off, it will cost a five thousand dollar minimum to direct a cultural survey, and this is how much uh, they are going to earn just to conduct them. So what happens if all the knowledge holders don't agree? You have a problem. It can wow. be escalated to the council, but it's more time and money. So who gets paid and what rate? So the chief operating officer is about 160 to 240 an hour. Uh, another chief executive officer is 240 to 280 an hour. An aboriginal consultant is 80 to 120 an hour. A senior aboriginal consultant is 120 to 160 an hour. A heritage officer is 80 to 120 an hour. So it sounds to me like um, you've got extortion and bribes that are, if this is all about money. It's all about money. So these aborigines are going to be like, I'll come uh, hire me. And I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of money paid under the table just so you to erect a defense. So Baker Mom says, what a scam. What a scam. Um, this is just absolutely incredible to me. Uh, uh, James says, this is just plain criminal. Lender says, Australia has become too liberal and their elections being corrupted. Are their elections being corrupted as well? Question mark. That's I think a, so. Yeah, it's crazy because we thought Scott Morrison was going to be uh, your conservative king. And he's not. He's he just a, ended up being a king. He, yeah. You ready for a little bit of good news? Love In it. Canada, we have bad news and good news. So Canadians' military COVID vaccine mandate violated the charter rights. Nice. Rebel News kept talking about charter rights, charter rights, charter rights. So the Grievance Review Committee finds a military administrative tribunal has found that Canadian Armed Forces COVID vaccine mandate violated the charter rights of members who refused vaccination, said the policy was arbitrary and overly broad. I conclude that the limitation of the griever's right to liberty and security of the person by the CAF vaccination policy is not in accordance with the principles of fundamental justice because the policy in some aspects is arbitrary, overly broad, and disproportionate. Therefore, I conclude that the grievers' rights protected under Section 7 were infringed. 
So this uh, body is an independent administrative tribunal that reviews military grievances and provides findings and recommendations to the chief of defense and staff of the C and CAF mem uh, member who submitted the grievance. The committee's findings, were, which were obtained by Epoch Times, are non-binding and are sent to the chief of defense. The National Defense spokesperson told the Epoch Times that a, the CAF makes its decisions around vaccination by considering the most up-to-date medical evidence. In responding to the committee in, uh, in review, the, the Vice Chief of Defense said that no member was forced to receive medical treatment according to the findings. She said the CAF maintained the members' rights to refuse medical treatment, but that their right to is distinct from the potential loss of employment. So the griever was issued a remedial measure for failing to comply with the directive on vaccination in November 2021, but then complied and received oh, his first man. and second doses. Along with a finding uh, a violation of charter rights, the committee assessed that basic procedural fairness was set aside. Yeah, thanks. So, yeah. So, according to the committee, the CAF's vaccination policy violated two or three protected interests under Section 7 of the charter. Uh, the requirement to be vaccinated in order to remain employed by the CAF violated the grievers' right to liberty, while the consequences of the noncompliance could also have violated some grievers' right to the security of the person. This deprivation is only permissible if it is in accordance with the principles of fundamental justice. The committee said the right to liberty protects personal autonomy and dignity, which includes the right to make inherently private choices, such as whether to undergo medical treatment, noting that courts have found patients have a common law right to refuse consent to medical treatment, even in cases where the medical care or treatment could have been beneficial to the person's health. Wow. Uh, Frid cited a recent court decision by the Superior Court of Quebec, Quebec in which it did not accept the attorney general's argument that the employees were not forced to be vaccinated as while they theoretically had a choice on whether to accept it, the consequences of a refusal are such that the choice is not really a choice. She said that as such, the CDS directives violated the grievers right to liberty to make their own decisions regarding medical treatment. Uh, Frid also cited a case about the con uh, constitutionality of Transport Canada's COVID-19 vaccination policies, where the court said employees' right to security of the person was engaged. She said that given the CAF members' experienced stresses to their livelihoods and physical and psychological integrity, their rights to the security of their person is also engaged in some cases. So, um, and exactly. the implementation wow. was arbitrary. So you have charter rights in Canada, and you should continue to stand on them. We, we played a former... Um, province like prime minister, uh, um, president. What do you call them? You've got the prime minister of Trudeau, and then each province has um a president or something. No, not a president. It's on the tip of my tongue. A premier. A premier. A premier. And a uh, and he was talking about the charter rights. We played that one time, and he said, "You can fight back. You have the right to do this." Um, especially in Canada. So continue to fight back there in Canada. Um, and let's go ahead and go to Canada, which I find this is kind of a really interesting story. Well, let's, I want to play the, this news first. The Supreme Court will not hear a case of a dying unvaccinated woman requiring an organ transplant, unfortunately. Um, they're denying transplants to people who will not get COVID vaccine. And I think it's horrendous. And this is in Canada? And this is in Canada. This is, uh, okay. Just listen to me, please. Universal health care. This is... But wait, that's happening. It's happening here in America, too, under just regular insurance. They're denying people that won't... They were denying organ, organ transplants mm -hmm. for people that are unvaccinated? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are. 
it, hospitals won't do it. Just regular hospitals, like in Colorado, a hospital won't do an organ transplant unless you're vaccinated. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I just wanted you to be careful. Uh, be, be okay, but that's state by accurate. state, though, right? State you by state. You could go to another state. Is isn't is this? It's hospital by hospital. Wide here over here. This is the Supreme well, Court. This was Alberta. Okay. So, yeah. The Supreme uh, Court of Alberta won't. Well, even no, the hear Supreme. The case. No, I'm sorry. It's happening in Alberta, but the Supreme Court of Canada will not hear the case. Right. So that's, I'm just saying, like, here, at least here in the United States, there we have different states. Well, I think, unfortunately, we can't take insurance claims to um, the Supreme Court. And to a court at all. Exactly. Because because they do, the but reason it could go to the, the Supreme but Court. But you're saying that it's not an insurance thing here. It's just that the hospital itself is refusing care for. To do the, to do the, to do the deal. To do the thing. Yeah. And well, I'm just saying my gut says somehow universal health care is a little bit more at play here. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Could be. All right. So you are seeing something really interesting in Calgary. Muslim parents, and you can bring up these videos. There's several of them. Muslim parents lead passionate protests against gender ideology being taught in Calgary schools. So protesters gathered outside Calgary City Hall on Friday evening to voice their opposition to gender ideology being imposed on impressionable young students. Uh, and you can uh, scroll down here on this particular article and play this from Rebel News. I'm Sos here for Rebel News, and we're on location here in Calgary at City Hall, where a group of Muslims have organized an event opposing mandatory LGBTQ indoctrination in schools. Now, this is a multi-faith event that is open to absolutely everybody, but they're standing for their religious freedoms. Now, we are expecting counter-protesters to arrive tonight. There has been a call to action to oppose this event and stand in opposition to what these people are fighting for. We're going to be here throughout the evening covering this event, and as always, you're going to be able to catch our full report at rebelnews.com. Okay, so scroll down, and you're going to see these Muslims and Christians together. The people united will never be defeated! The people united will never be defeated! Let's get speaking! Let's get speaking! Let's get speaking! What is he saying? I have no idea what he's saying. Okay, scroll down. There's another video here. Muslims and Christians standing together. Hang on. I'm going to make it a little farther there. It's really loud. We stand together as a Canadian people, as a Muslim and a Christian, to protect our children. From them. From that. Yes. We don't need that. Or our children. Leave our kids alone. 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 So despite online calls for a mass counter protest, the opposition was minimal. Mine says, Pride saves lives. Um, we love all kids. And then you scroll down uh, the protest against LGBT indoctrination in schools. Um, has come here to an end, and you can listen. Well, that isn't a wrap at this protest. People are clearing out the counter-protesters have virtually entirely left the scene. A few protesters remain, but it's effectively a wrap. The police who were in attendance have cleared out. We're going to have a full report on this story with countless interviews with many of the speakers, uh, some notable figures within Alberta as well, in attendance. Okay, so I've got a few more. Ezra did a show on this. 
going on as these Muslim families express their objections to some of the more extreme sexuality teachings? Well, um, thanks, Ezra. It's uh, great to be back on your show again. Um, and um, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's quite fascinating what's what's happening in the culture war space. Uh, so suddenly, um, um, you know, when I was at this protest last weekend, uh, w one of the things that struck me about the protest, I mean, it, it was striking to anybody who was there, is that you had devout Muslim parents um, facing off against a woke progressive left uh, standing up for trans rights. And, uh, and you know, it was a little, I, I, I would say there was a bit of a, co a, bit, a cognitive dissonance happening there as far as the, uh, the progressives were concerned because they didn't really expect, um, you know, the, 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 you know, what they imagined, uh, uh, you know, they, they didn't expect the people, they, they thought that this would be a white, far-right, white supremacists in attendance protesting against uh, gender ideology. Uh, uh, but it, it turns out these were people that uh, the left has uh, uh, supported, you um, know, uh, under the guise of progressivism. Pro What's what was really interesting about these particular protests was that one was solidly white and one was very the multicultural. Diverse. So the multicultural side was the anti-LGBT Progressivism, um, very prominent. And, uh, and that other, was pretty uh, striking to me. Some other video You here. didn't see devout uh, did Muslims see, uh, um, And I saw actually Christians and conservatives decrying this pride flag or pride stepping on the pride flag um, or even gay rights pride. for that matter you know a few years ago this is all pretty recent and this goes to the point that you're making which is um gender ideology you know has is you know has become so pervasive now uh and it's literally being shoved down their throat and uh and and you know and this is what they were protesting they were protesting against the indoctrination of their kids with radical gender ideology uh, so it's very important. Look, I mean, these people came here uh, and, and you know, uh, many immigrant Muslims come here knowing full well that this is a country that stands for certain things. Um, and, and and so they've already agreed to that. They've already accepted it as a fait accompli. Uh, but what's happening now is that we've unearthed, uh, we, we've, uh, we've um, you know, the progressive left, uh, you know, this is their doing really, um, they've uh, kind of, um, uh, you know, brought out uh, uh, Muslims who, uh, you know, out and outright reject um, uh, homosexuality uh, because the uh, because it goes against Islamic teachings look I mean it's it's their right to believe whatever they want to believe in if they want to protest against it that's also fine um, freedom of expression and all of that stuff uh, but it is uh, for me it was a bit disturbing to see kids uh, you know, stomping on the pride flag and, and the parents uh, cheering them on. So basically what um, she's saying is you push too far because you're putting the radical uh, ideology in the schools. But this is something interesting because the kids themselves were out um, protesting. So this is York Catholic high school students rebel against the uh, versus the woke agenda and they tore down their pride flags in school. Like this were quickly drowned out by the noise of a rowdy crowd. 
students tearing through pride posters and dancing on pride flags. It's rude and they're throwing water everywhere. They're looking at us. They're judging us. Shouldn't be like that. You're out for a reason. Rambunctious teens then turned violent, throwing pride bracelets and other random objects on the road and at people. Some kid threw something at my head and then in response to that, everyone started cheering. Um, there was like a group of guys and they were more like harassing us than supporting us. Organizers say the But messages like- This is very interesting uh, to see here. And I think I've got another one here. Uh, students in Canada walk out due to transgender issues. I don't want guys in the yeah, hey. uh, Why are you here? I'm just kind of going around. You feel like, oh, I posted that. That's me. Yeah. Oh my God, you're the former teacher? What brings you guys here? Uh, Arabs being forced to learn about LGBTQ stuff and uh, I don't want biological guys in the girls' bathroom. Question for you guys. Um, of your teachers, how many of them would you say are radicals? Like, what percentage? Like, yeah, like, um, that, like, actively push this. Oh, oh, out of my teachers that I have right now, I would think all of them. Yeah, Me personally, yeah. I waited till I, I did my exam, I did my exam, I'm done all my schoolwork, I'm here. Yes. But, like... And, uh, your parents, uh, my parents support you? My parents, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, my sister is gay, which is fine, I respect her, but she does, like, she does her own thing. She doesn't tell me about it. Like, yeah. And that's fine. I don't tell her about my girlfriends and what we do. That's just normal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> be normal. I'm, I'm against the indoctrination Allah. for sure. There's a. Yeah. Is she right on the board? Um, religion, religion does not. Uh, freedom of religion does not mean freedom of hate, like hate speech. But you're not hate yeah. speech. Yeah. Nobody's. Nobody's. She she made it today like we're supposed to have English right now. She made today like a, a mandatory class thing so that everybody has to go. But we still came. And you guys still are out here. That's awesome. And your parents support you. Yeah. Yeah. Why she don't care? Yeah. But like, the problem with our men are going to the women's bathroom while they're fixing their hijabs and everything, and it's not giving like them privacy or anything like that. Yeah, that's not right. So the boys are in the bathroom, the transgenders are in there, while girls are fixing their hijab. I love that this is this is this is Canada now. Canada, you have imported all these immigrants who do not, they they do not agree with your LGBT agenda, and uh, you know what do you oh. expect now, Canada? Who are you going to side with? The Muslims or the LGBT? Who trumps it on the level? Honestly, here's the thing. And we've been saying this for years on our program. The left has tried to claim Islam and Muslims as being on their side, but you don't get to have it both ways. Yeah. Because Islam is very much against homosexuality. Yeah. Not Very... to mention transgenderism. Yes. So they, they have pushed the Muslims too far. You don't get to claim the Muslims on this one. Like they are going, you will lose them all. You will lose them all. You will lose them all. I wanted to show you one more video of protesters here together. And I just want you to, to take a gander at the, 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 just the different people. So I see like this white woman cheering, these, these hijab people. It's, it's very interesting to me. It's just, it's, it's a multicultural.
are we seeing multicultural? But this is passion. These people are like real. They are, they are, they've got protesters on one side and you've got counter protesters on another side. And they're protesting verbally to one another, shouting, leave our kids alone. It's very interesting, isn't it? It's just, it's very strange. So in Canada, Jordan Peterson says a court in Canada is going to rule on the CPO Ontario decision to sentence me to mandatory re-education on June 21st for my reprehensible political views. The process is called judicial review. We will have more on that next week. I, I don't really know m much about what's going on with Jordan. I don't know what, what this re-education looks like. Elon Musk responded, re-education is such an interesting term. Where have I heard that before? Jordan Peterson responds, maybe they'll remind me during my re-education. By the way, it's of unspecified duration to continue until their social media experts are satisfied that I've learned my lesson. This is... Yeah. yeah, and I guess you don't get to put people in. All right, this has gone too far mm -hmm. because reeducation is for people who have broken laws. Mm -hmm. Okay, like they do send people. They have always, you know, you're gonna have to take so many classes about. Um, you know, whatever, drinking and driving, the, the damages of, you know, drinking yeah. and driving, these kinds of things. They've always had that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. But this is, you have to have been convicted and committed a crime. Yeah. In order for them, because where does he get to, maybe I'm not as well versed on this story as I should be, and, and forgive me if I'm not. Um, did he did he get sentenced? Did he get to did he get to pose they any going, kind of um, I don't know defense? I don't know. I, I was don't, he found guilty? I don't know. I know a court of the law. The last thing I really saw was him an expert on this kind of gender thing. And if you scroll down, I have this up. Somebody else in Australia says I received an Australian Human Rights Commission complaint for not admitting that a male for not admitting a male into a female only space. A point in uh, in, concili in conciliation was for me to attend sex and gender education, which could only be re-education. I said no. I was pregnant at the time. Now she's in federal court. She says, I'm being taken to federal court for saying no to males in the female-only space I created. I'm fighting for all females in Australia to have access to only female-only spaces. So now she's being taken to federal court for denying males to a female-only space. Wow. It's crazy. So if you go over here to um, this video, Ireland's descent into authoritarian continues. This is the Irish Green Party Senator Pauline O'Reilly weaponizing the concept of safety to justify censorship and other encroachments on freedom of speech. So they're doing this here in Aust doing it there in Australia or Ireland as well. When you think about it, think all law. All legislation is about the restriction of freedom. That's exactly what we're doing here, is we are restricting freedom, but okay. we're doing First it. First of all, that's not true. Laws are not always the restriction of freedom. Do you know our Bill of Rights is the restriction of the government and enshrining our freedoms? No, the governments are instituted for the protection of rights. Not the re She just said all laws are for the restriction of freedoms. No. No, all laws are supposed all laws are supposed to protect stop freedoms bad and people. stop bad guys. You have a freedom to be bad? 
She, oh, go ahead. For the common good, you will see throughout our constitution, yes, you have rights, but they are restricted for the common good. Everything needs to be balanced. And if your views on other people's identities go to make their lives unsafe, insecure, and cause them such deep discomfort that they cannot live in peace, then I believe that it is our job as legislators to restrict those freedoms for the common good. When you think so, if it, you say anything against Christians, just you got to shut them up too. That'd be great. So you can't say anything against me for saying this is this is There's, it doesn't attack. end. It doesn't, it doesn't end, end because you could just say anything makes me feel uncomfortable. I am uncomfortable that unsafe. Twitter took my Twitters down. Like that makes me really upset, and it makes you feel unsafe. And it makes me feel unsafe that I can't speak. I love the Outsiders, uh, Sky News, so I'm going to bring up their um, their take on this uh, right now here. Good morning. Screen share here. And welcome to Outsiders, the show that is to woke virtue signaling and identity politics on steroids. What the common good is to your individual freedoms. When you think about it, all law, all legislation. Yes, that was Irish Greens Senator Pauline O'Reilly explaining why your freedoms are getting in the way of her political agenda. As a fervent climate alarmist, perhaps she'd prefer we simply stop eating, stop breathing altogether, you know, for the common good. If your views on other people's identities go to make their lives. Yes, let's all just pretend that men can get pregnant and lactate and that women have penises for the common good, of course. Now, it's a nebulous concept, the common good. Stalin figured out that he needed to drive Ukrainian farmers off their land if they weren't filling his government mandated quotas for the common good. Because to make Ukrainian farmers join the collective farms, they had to serve them. Yes, the Ukrainian famine, or Holodomor, saw untold millions of people deliberately starved to death 90 years ago by the communist officials as part of their socialist ideology of collectivization. <coughs> death by hunger for the common good. Can't wait to see what the socialists have in mind for us all next. Death by freezing due to government mandated lack of electricity, perhaps. Okay. But as you shiver under the doona, the that's that you have to have the right to uh, speak, and we don't, and we have to be able to talk about things. One thing you're not allowed to really talk about is what's going on in Ukraine and Russia. So I want to talk to you guys about a few things that are going on. Um, so Russia is going to seize not naughty Western companies as Putin rails against medieval asset seizures abroad. So uh, Western companies ha um, that do business with Russia, he's going to he's going to seize because. He's hitting back after the retaliation after Western governments have frozen some $300 billion in Russian central bank assets since the war began. The Russian president told uh, an audience in St. Petersburg on Friday that it was theft and it reveals a medieval mindset on part of the Western allies. He goes, 
Um, many businessmen were stunned to see that their accounts in the West were frozen. It never crossed anyone's mind. This is simply robbery. They just closed it. If you're Russian, your account is closed. They took it away and they won't explain why. It's shocking. It's like the, it's like the Middle Ages. So he also underscored the growing risk to Russian for Russians who held their assets abroad. Uh, our, our people have a good saying. Where no, that's, that's not Russian. Italian. Yes. I know it's going to try. I, I really have a good Russian when I get into it. Uh, where you were born is where you should conduct your business. But Moscow is doing more than just issuing threats and condemnations. Uh, as last week, the Kremlin took definitive legal action against Western companies still doing business in, in Russia. So Russia is to adopt powers to seize assets of naughty Western companies and will make it harder for them to ex exit the country. As Putin seeks to ways to retaliate against U.S. and European sanctions, the Kremlin last week secretly ordered legislation to enable Western assets to be appropriated in knockdown prices and is discussing even more draconian measures to fully nationalize groups. Uh, the push is being described as a carrot and stick approach, which chiefly uses the threat of nationalization. According to more from the FT, uh, the confidential Kremlin decree seen by the Financial Times would give the Russian state priority rights to buy any Western asset as a quote, quote, significant discount and later could be sold as a profit. Additionally, Putin's order to his cabinet signed last week also requires all private Russian buyers of Western assets to be fully Russian held or in a process uh, to exclude all foreign shareholders. This sounds extreme, but here I sit in the United States, extremely upset that China owns a whole host of land here in the United States, and I believe that that should be illegal. Yeah, I do. I believe it should be illegal. Now, there's a difference between China as the government and, you know, top Chinese officials owning the land versus, like, individuals. I think that that you shouldn't discriminate based on, on nationality, which it sounds like Russia is doing. Like, if you are just non-Russian at all, it's not like, you know, he's saying... I don't think, I don't think people with Chinese citizenship should own American land. Okay. No, I don't think I you should be that. able to buy land here in America. It's no. So no. now Putin is is cracking down on an equal level. Yeah. So, but he's talking about businesses. He's talking right. about like 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 they did with McDonald's. They're just taking it all. Yeah. And, and here's the here's again my thing. It's like well, everybody knows that Putin is cray cray. Like he is a little. You know what I'm saying? So if you have a business in Russia, you got to know like at this point, nothing is sacred. Well, speaking of nothing sacred, so Putin is diversifying where he's storing his nukes. So Bel he's storing nukes in, in Belarus now. Uh, President Alexander Lukashenko has confirmed in fresh remarks to Russian state television that Belarus has begun taking delivery of Russian tactical nuclear weapons, which had earlier been promised by Putin. Uh, Lukashenko, on remarks uh, to the Russian TV, boasted that the tactical nukes are three times more powerful than the atomic bombs dropped by the U.S. in World War II. Wow. We have missiles and bombs uh, that we have received from Russia. The bombs are three times more power the, powerful than those dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Uh, though stationed on Belarusian territory, the nuclear weapons will remain under the control of Russia's military, and the Kremlin hasn't given any sign and has altered its nuclear doctrine, which stipulates it can only be launched if Russia and its population are under existential threat. Back in March, Putin had hinted there may have already been Russian nukes stationed in Belarus. So I think I see this as a way of um, him 
giving Belarus some power and authority that they want and then diversifying where you're storing your nukes. Uh, senior Russian official says Putin has the green light to sever undersea communication cables. Following reports uh, attributing the September destruction of Russia's Nord Stream gas pipelines to the Ukrainian uh, or U.S. government, the deputy chairman of the Russian Security Council has declared that Putin should feel free to sever undersea communication cables. So we talk to each other and you guys are listening to us via these giant cables that are going underground. Go uh, in the sea. It's hard for me well, to imagine. Somebody blew up their pipeline, so now they're like, "Well, maybe Putin's gonna yeah. get the communications we, cables." Yeah. If we proceed from the proven complicity of Western countries in blowing up the Nord Streams, then we have no constraints, even moral, left to prevent us from destroying the ocean floor cable communications of our enemies. Wow. Pretty crazy. Last month, NATO intelligence chief uh, David Catler warned of a rising risk of just such a move. There are heightened concerns that Russia may target undersea cables and other critical infrastructures in an effort to disrupt Western life. So there are some moves that Russia could take. Would they want to do that? Um, I don't know, but I, I see Putin as incredibly restrained. Mm. Incredi- they, if, if, if somebody had blown up one of our strategic pieces of infrastructure, yeah, all, all Hades would have broken loose. Russia is constantly being, restraining themselves and, and it's poking the bear over and over and over again until when, if you keep going to the zoo and you keep poking the bear and poking the bear and poking the bear, that bear might eventually just get out. And, and but that's the point though. They want they want to push Putin to do these things. Yeah. A few more things out of uh, Ukraine. If you guys didn't know, while much media reporting on the June 6th destruction of the Nova Kekkova Dam in southern Ukraine has focused on the whodunit aspect of the explosion. Many thousands of people downriver continue to suffer. There's a big dam explosion. After nearly five cubic miles of water has submerged villages and farmland in the Kirshen Oblast. Basic infrastructure and utilities have been destroyed in much of the region. A region and an estimated 700,000 people are in need of just basic clean water. Wow. Al Jazeera writes that among displaced communities along the banks of Ukraine's uh, Dipro River, bottled water has become uh, the most coveted commodity. It's all poisoned now. It's all poisoned. So um, we don't know who did it. And it's very interesting because... So we don't think it's Russia. Well, Russia could have. I would lean heavily towards Russia. But Ukraine, why would Ukraine, da- why would Ukraine blow up its own dam? I don't know. It's um, at this point, I, I don't put anything past you, the Ukraine, because everything that they're doing is actually not to benefit their own people. It's to benefit the schemes of the government and all of the the higher ups around the world that are using the Ukraine for money laundering and power laundering. And so my question is, is there uh, a strategic region, a region reason for this? Is there because these people do things like we just so in a revelation red pill in just one day water levels rose by several meters in towns and villages downstream of ukraine's destroyed nova kohovka dam but the worst is yet to come as the flood water recedes there's the threat of pollution and disease and there's even the chance this part of the country will turn into a desert but what does this disaster mean for the course of the war and what's the true cost for the people living here? 
The destruction of the Nova Kohovka Dam unleashed nearly four and a half cubic miles of water from its reservoir into the lower Dnipro River. That's roughly the volume of Utah's Great Salt Lake. The flooding downstream swamped 77 towns and villages and about 230 square miles of land, according to Ukrainian authorities in the region. It's huge. Hundreds were rescued from rooftops. Now the challenge of resettling thousands of people who've already faced the horrors of occupation and Russian shelling. Water is a challenge and has always been a challenge in Kherson. Electricity has been a challenge, access to food is a challenge. So now the situation is only getting worse and the coping strategies or coping mechanisms for this population is already really low. Thousands will want to return once the levels drop, but fuel spills and sewage is likely to have contaminated sources of groundwater. And this could lead to an outbreak of waterborne diseases like cholera and typhoid. The picture on the harder-hit left bank, occupied by Russia, is harder Whoa. to gauge, but satellite images before and after tell a sorry tale. There are reports of people here being left to fend for themselves. Dozens of people are believed to be missing on both sides of the river. There are other dangers in the water. Minefields left by Russian occupiers before they retreated from the right bank of the Dnipro last year have been flooded. The Halo Trust has identified 5,000 mines in the Mykolaiv region just in the past month. The mines might not only move, but they might also fluctuate in terms of the way they're laid, which poses another risk for our staff that, that they need to be prepared for once we're able to clear the mines. The Nova Kahovka Dam has for decades supplied water to the surrounding farmland via a network of carriers, while the initial threat to crops was from flooding, the prospect now is drought. The level of the Kohovka Reservoir has dropped below the so-called dead zone the point below which water is no longer flowing into irrigation canals. Ukraine is massively reliant on uh, agriculture. The dam flooding the area is going to have a huge impact on productive farmland in that region. They're saving um, the cows on a but barge. In the long term, uh, the Ukrainian Ministry of Agriculture has said um, that farmlands that are relying on the reservoir are you know, at risk of drying out and um, turning into desert. So there's, this is twofold That may include Russian-controlled Crimea, whose water comes mainly by way of this canal, close to the punctured dam. There's a longer-term issue, um, which is not that long-term in terms of water provision to the region. And in the even longer term than that, there, there is that a water provision water, like to the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. So you can pause that. And um, Ukraine, once known as the breadbasket of Europe, will need at least 20 years for its agricultural sector to recover following the eventual end of the war. Can I just um, state this is why I'm against dams, especially very, very large ones, that if something like this were to happen, complete devastation affects thousands and thousands and thousands of people. This explosion, um, we don't know if it was news. Russia. Like, we don't know if it was Russia. We don't know if it was Ukraine. But I do know that um, nobody in, in the United States cares 
of the devastation that war. No, it's all about Russia, 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 but they don't literally, they don't care about the people at all. They don't. All right. So uh, a couple more stories here. I want to get to Neil Oliver. Uh, Of course, I've got it. This is my commercial break. I don't know what is going on in the Church of England. Lawrence Fox uh, tweeted this out. Why don't they just skip the bit and get straight to human sacrifices on the altar to appease the sun god? The Church of England under Justin uh, Welby has been captured and now functions in the service of another bloke. The one with the horns. Satan worship. This is what is there an explanation behind this, by the way? I don't know. For our podcast listeners, there are people painted with white faces wearing these like gothic red head to toe things. It's the Bristol Climate Choir. They've tried. So they're doing this in one of the churches. What church is that, guys? Where are they at? I don't know, but it's the Church of England. All right. So Neil Oliver has a really cool clip this week. Um, I love this. He's talking about. Honestly, I think that it's not just all financial problems go to fractional reserve banking. I think it's all of our modern problems. But uh, it's good to hear Neil Oliver jump on board here and get to the root of the problem. When I say people, we ought to be prepared to think the unthinkable, all of the financial trouble in the world is caused by, well, it's fractional reserve banking. You know, where yeah. basically a bank invents, invents money out of nowhere because it's allowed yeah. to. So it, it invents a thousand pounds, bing, there's a thousand pounds. And then it lends, it doesn't just lend that thousand pound to one person and say, and pay that back with interest. So I'll, I'll take 1500 pounds back, thank you very much. They lend that thousand pounds to a thousand people. <laughs> the money that didn't exist in the first place. And then a thousand people, uh, gullible, pay back at 1,500 pounds of actual money that they have made by working, by working in a supermarket or driving a taxi or whatever, they generate actual money. And they give that to the bank. And now the bank, from the thousand pounds that was fictional anyway, they've now got a thousand times that, plus all the interest. Now, what kind of a business model is that? You try doing that, Ahmed Malik, in private (laughs) life, and you're you're going straight to jail so fast your feet don't touch the ground. Yeah, I know. And 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 to to buy a house. You, they, let's say let's say the house is worth a hundred thousand pounds. They make you via fractional reserve banking and 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 usury and interest and all of the other financial trickery. They make you buy five houses. They make you buy buy five over a twenty five year period just to own the one. That's such a good point. That is such a good point. And then I do have one more, Neil Oliver for you guys I'm going to go over here to my non-existent look at this 220 35 hey, followers that's pretty good lord have mercy on my soul i make a point nowadays of thinking the unthinkable point on the grounds that it's part of how we'll win on the grounds that it's part of how when i look ahead into the proposed future or should that be the future threatened by those who would cast our best interests into a bin fire along with our health and our rights 
When I contemplate that digital, net zero, 15-minute ghetto, cashless, fake food future, that all-round rubbish future, let me tell you, it's not just hard to see a happy ending for ordinary people like you and me. I say it's every bit as impossible to see how the nonsense can work out well, even for those seeking to impose that dire future. And I think that's why they've lost already, whether they know it or not. 17th century English poet John Donne said, Any man's death diminishes me, for I am involved in mankind. I think about that line and remember we're all connected, whether we want to be or not. And I remember that whatever happens to some might eventually happen to all, from richest to poorest. What's going on around us now is compelled change, forced change none of us asked for, and on a global scale. For the first time, a tiny dominant group thinks it can change, and certainly has the technology to change, to quote the title of the Oscar-winning movie, everything, everywhere, all at once. And for the first time, it's not change for the better, but deliberate change for the worse, at least worse for the vast majority of people. To seek to make life worse for almost everyone, without everyone's consent, is a bold move, to be sure. It's also a move doomed to failure. Its architects are clever, but a vintage of clever I like to describe precisely as stupid clever. I've read it estimated that no more than 8,000 individuals count themselves among the significant clique making all the decisions. There are almost 8 billion people alive on Earth, which means we outnumber that clique by a million to one. Based on that alone, I say we can get the better of them. I would say it's also foolhardy for anyone, however rich, powerful and clever they might consider themselves to be, to think they can change everything for everyone while at the same time correctly predicting all of the consequences of their actions and all the while being outnumbered by 999,999 folk disinclined to agree with them. There are many people, we all know them, who refuse to see the future that's being planned for them and steadily set in place, having been duped all their lives. And let me tell you, I know that feeling. The very notion of accepting they've been duped is too much for them, too painful, too frightening. Instead, they prefer to be angry with those who've been brave enough to accept they've been had and to talk freely about it. But the good news is, it doesn't take the billions to overturn the nonsense. As has happened more than once in history, it's the few who will make all the difference for all the rest by the simple acts of defiance and saying no. As they keep telling us, it's all one planet that we share, one big old house. And as it says in the old book, he that troubleth his own house shall inherit the wind. When the national borders are all gone, when everyone belongs anywhere and therefore nowhere, when the farmers who grow all the food have been driven off and transnational cartels find other uses for the land, when there's only fake meat, powdered bugs and genetically modified patented and trademarked plants to eat, when coal, oil and gas are banned with nothing practical to replace them, when finally too many people have nothing at all in their 15-minute ghettos and are murderously unhappy, what then? I look at the shameful, embarrassing state of politics and wonder which of the hapless, hopeless so-called leaders might be left standing when the music stops. And I know that the many answers that people will demand absolutely cannot and will not come from those sock puppets. I look at Scotland where the former First Minister was taken into custody for questioning in relation to a crime, while in Westminster the former Prime Minister, the last one actually voted into power by the people four summers and a thousand years ago, 
has been reduced to writing a newspaper column about his struggle to shed his fat gut. Oh, the irony. Johnson's first column is written to publicise the most expensive big pharma product in the world. Is anyone else seeing the transparency of this? And all around them on sinking ships, their fellow rats ignore the plight of millions in favour of scrapping among themselves. When will anyone in Westminster get the point that no one in their right mind gives a flying fig about cake and parties? The elephant in the room is that politicians, civil servants and scientific advisers evidently knew Covid was nothing to fear. The point is not who ate cake and when and did or did not tell the truth about it. The point is that they flouted rules and parted while people died lonely deaths, denied even the comfort of family. The point is that rather than face up to a single one of the appalling harms and economic disaster they orchestrated, they seek to distract us from the patently obvious by point scoring of the pettiest sort. Then, across the pond, the sitting president of the land of the free is moving heaven and earth to jail his strongest political opponent. Think about that. What's always been the way of tin-pot dictators in banana republics is now the go-to tactic for the leader of the free world. Does anyone believe any more that any of those jokers are actually in charge? I lie in bed at night and think about various scenarios, any one of which might describe our collective future. While none of those are appealing in any way, at least not to an ordinary Joe like me, I also fail to see which of the possible futures would suit the predatory, billionaire, philanthropath class either. While the misery unfolds, the misery made inevitable by Agenda 2030 and Net Zero and by centralised control of food supply and cash replaced by digital tokens and no way to heat homes in cold climates or to keep homes cool in hot climates and no private transport and no private property and endless wars. While all that's going on, do the obscenely rich plan to hide behind the 20-foot-high walls of luxury compounds? Oases of calm protected by private armies in remote areas beyond the reach of a general population denied every mode of transport apart from walking and cycling. Can they really get far enough away from us? Can they ever feel safe enough? Will they eat choice cuts of meat and drink fine wines while the masses are confined at home and chowing down on crickets and locusts? Will their factories keep churning out the mRNA vaccines for monthly top-ups of the pincushion plebs? to maintain the validity of those digital IDs. And supposing any and all of that happens and the unavoidable consequences play out, what then? If World War III really does break out, and on account of all the present provocation by the West in the face of Russia and China, such a cataclysm feels closer than at any time since World War II, and when the crop of mushroom clouds spreads across the continents, what then? When the necessary years pass and the radioactive dust settles and the day comes when it's deemed safe for those philanthropaths and their assorted young to emerge blinking from their bunkers under the compounds into a strangely quiet world, what then? Will those rich, those we might call a cacistocracy, which is to say government by the worst of us, the least competent, will those rich continue to fly in their private jets between airstrips presumably heavily defended airstrips provided with illicit supplies of aviation fuel, and to sail the empty seas on their vast private yachts powered by illicit diesel. Those billionaire technocrats might know how to contemplate the design of rocket ships to Mars, and whatever it is that goes into a brain chip capable of letting a quadriplegic person dance the tango, and who understand the theory behind growing a sirloin steak in a 3D printer. But who's going to unblock their toilets for them, fix the wiring in their luxury homes, 
sort out their recycling and dispose of their trash? Who's going to mine the lithium and cobalt for their batteries? Who will they boss around then? Who will they lord it over and feel superior to? Presumably those richest and most powerful men and women of a certain age are planning a future that must come to fruition only after they're dead. Supposing, that is, they haven't been so silly as to upload digitised versions of their consciousnesses into the cloud in hopes of being downloaded later into synthetic bodies. I say silly because imagine how tempting it would be for some minion, some flunky entrusted with the care of that digital soul, simply to press delete instead. Imagine as well how a file like that might become corrupted or just lost like any other. If it's the case instead that they are shaping the future for their children and grandchildren, what kind of world might that be? Will their offspring be as ruthless and as contemptuous of their fellow human beings? Will they look around at a world changed beyond all recognition and be happy? Sometimes I ask myself different questions and contemplate other scenarios. Will those philanthropaths turn on each other before they even finish the job of dealing with us? If they are as intolerant of us as they seem to be, how long before they see their closest competition for resources? as an unbearable threat as well. I say it won't work and it won't happen, because I tell you now that when it comes to the wet work, none of the clowns closest to power have the cojones, and the faceless, nameless people in the background are too scared to be exposed, and this would expose them. Our pretend leaders don't have the nerve, certainly not the resolve required to be standing there in the public gaze when the music stops. The unintended consequences will kick them in the bahookie, if they think they can undermine and set aside the human need for family, real food and a meaningful future, and that that won't impact on them, then they truly are the anti-human cacistocracy I've long expected them of being. Here's the thing. In the end, what will save us is the natural law, which favours right over wrong and good actions over bad. There's nothing more natural and right than a man and woman coming together to make a family and a home for children. The unintended consequence of denying millions of men and women that right will sweep the bad actors from the stage like a tsunami. The natural human instinct to nurture is stronger than any technology they might attempt to enslave us with. The good and right and natural way of things will prevail, because the universe wants things that way. Oh, very good. Very Let's good. Let's stop the segment. Oh, we're stopping there. Thank you so much, Neil. I, you know, I have a, our friend who always wants to make sure that we, um, play Neil Oliver. And I just thought I would end this with a happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, to all the lions, the masters of your tribe. I found this video and I thought it was hilarious. Pulling over for the lion. Oh my gosh. So happy Father's Day to all you fathers. You know, Neil Oliver is a father and I think he's fighting for his country just like we are fighting for ours. Um, and it's uh, it's a beautiful thing when you see fathers fight for things that matter and fight for their kids. And that's, <laughs> I think that's the best thing about COVID is people are waking up. I did receive some letters that I just, I got, and some were a little late in coming. Um, a couple were about the Revelation Red Pill, so I will wait to read one that is very good um, uh, for our Wednesday Revelation Red Pill show. Michelle popped out because she's helping get um, some Father's Day preparations going for um, the fathers in our life, Uncle Jack and, and his two sons. So she's going to be heading over there. 
we are winning. I do want to let you guys know there is an update on the Canadian wildfires. Uh, unstoppable massive Canadian blazes set, uh, test foreign firefighters. And we talked about this last week, why are you bringing in the foreign firefighters? Because there were some uh, retired firefighters that said they had a plan. But out of control, the, an out-of-control fire was advancing rapidly toward a logging road on Tuesday afternoon, tearing through Canada's immense, highly flammable boreal forest and a force with a force and intensity bewildering a team of French firefighters. And they had to go. They they came, I guess, and helped in the. So there are still fires that are still raging in Canada now. I just wanted to give you an update there. All right, you guys, join us this week for our Revelation Red Pill. I'm not exactly sure. I think we're going to maybe do the dating of the book Revelation. Michelle is going to get a flyer together. If you're in our area, please join us for the Sound of Freedom 115. Um, we're going to be at Milford Cinemas. If you guys want a ticket, email me, message me, or join us um, July 3rd at Sparks for the Parks in Milford. We're going to be giving out tickets with Banners for Freedom. They're coming in for a revival. And then the next day, we're going to meet with Krista, Revi Krista Elijah and have a, a revival in Oxford. So that's going to be pretty awesome. God is moving. Be encouraged. Happy Father's Day to you all. And of course, it, we wouldn't end without saying, listen, go to my pillow, use promo code RC and see what uh, Mike is doing. He's doing so much with electric integrity there. Remember the summit that we went to last year? He's doing it again by special invitation only. We've been invited. I don't think we're going to go this year, but um, he's going to focus on solutions this year. Please support Mike Lindell and all that he's doing to fight the good fight. Um, again, if you would like to um, find out how you can move your assets over, go to ITM Trading. Um, and I think... Say it more happy. Uh, say it more happy? I'm sorry. I'm not happy enough. So go to learn.itmtrading.com forward slash chicks 1-866-950-7776. That's my... My Neil Oliver, I hope, gave you guys the kick in the pants uh, to get your stuff out of that fractional reserve uh, realm. You know what's so funny is it's not something that I cover as much, but on the show because we cover the news. But my passion is getting us out of the system, off of the the fra out of the fractional reserve banking system. It's made up. It's fake. It's fiat. And Russia right now is doing the right thing. Watch what the other countries are doing. They are going to gold. They are going to silver. They are pulling out of the system themselves. Okay. Watch what these other nations are doing. So we want you guys to not only uh, survive what's coming down the road, but to thrive. <sighs> guys, now's the time, if you if you can, to be storing things up. I say get wheat, get a grain mill, get beans, have a water source, and then a way to purify that water. Uh, we have an Alexa Pure, um, the CDS, the, the MMS, uh, the hydrogen food grade peroxide. Uh, we are working right now from our garden. We just pulled uh, whorehound, motherwort, uh, wormwood, and uh, elecampe, and we are going to be drying three of those. I'm going to get the roots of the elecampe out. It's good for bronchial things, and uh, Kansas has a little bit of extra phlegm, so I'm going to make a tea out of that and, and try to clear that up, what's going on with him. So research... Um, 
medicinal herbs. Motherwort is really good for women, for feminine things. Wormwood, great for worming you, um, for getting its antibacterial, it's antimicrobial. So those are the things we're doing. I'm going to go change my clothes. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to go pick red raspberries right now from the garden. I have a ton of lettuce. I need to give it away because I have too much leaf lettuce and it's going to, it's going out the, but got it growing out of my ears. It's so fun when you plant things and they start to produce. It's, it's, it's the best. So if you can, but plant some stuff. Britt Baza posted something on his Facebook page in his greenhouse. He's got all kinds of cool things growing there. Very excited uh, for him. So whatever you can do, start planting things, start planting a garden. Join uh, Corey and friends Mondays for the Kingdom Roundtable, which we restream and join us on Wednesdays for our Revelation Red Pill. And again, always here on Sundays for our World News Program. Thank you guys for joining us so much. I love that you're here. I love when you guys come for our Friday shows and continue to get the message of the kingdom out that we are advancing. So we love you. God loves you. God bless. And check out videos we've done throughout the week. Last week, we did several amazing extra videos. Woo, the power of God hit on uh, two, especially. Let me just take you guys to um, Rumble. And if you guys are not subscribed there and you guys are watching us on Rumble, uh, please go subscribe. So I'm going to take you guys to my content real quick so you guys can see what we did and go and watch some of them because I'm telling you the power got hit so strong on a couple of these videos. My mom does, whenever you see mom, I have not watched this one. Mind your own business, you perverts. Oh my gosh, depend on God alone. That would be mom. That was, that's, that would be my mom. It's probably awesome. I haven't listened to that yet, but it's probably on my, it's on my list of things to do. Uh, we broke up the Revelation Red Pills. We did uh, the Antichrist Revealed last Wednesday, so you want to see that. So this huge word on what Jesus says about the kingdom of God, Old Testament dives, that was so powerful. Go and watch that video, and then, oh my gosh, how the LGBT movement is channeling ancient gods. I don't even need to, you know, this with the Jonathan Kahn videos. 34 was so powerful we're actually surgically altered and she especially all the gods but she goes after they go after the children because if you have the children you have the future and so that happened in ancient times happening now and so you think what would possess a, a, an adult to do this to children well what would possess it the spirit this is what this the spirit of the goddess Boom. <laughs> go watch some of these videos guys those two man just that i don't know god hit, hit god hit strong this week on a couple videos. So look look for us to do some more because I expect God to keep hitting powerfully. I'm coming back to the main. I'm forced when Michelle's gone. I'm not as technically literate as she is. So I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do here, which is the ending here. So we love you. God loves you guys. God bless. Where are you going? You got the assets. You're switching over to gold and silver. You're going to ITM trading. You're going to OBE. You're going to Organic Body Essentials. You're getting the CBD tinctures, which helped a dog this week who had a really bad, painful paw. I'm telling you, the CBD tinctures is where it's at. Um, her the, the oil that I love to use uh, from Organic Body Essentials, the OBE. Do I don't even know how to do these things? You guys, this, you've got it. It wouldn't be cool if I had a producer to like bring things up. So this is the one. I'm going to take that one off. And you come over here, we've got 
do I know how to do this? No, I do not. I don't see OBE. I don't know how to put a little banner here at the bottom. I wish I did. Here it is. Is that it? Yes, I do. Organic Body Essentials. Use promo code RC. Huh. Go there. And get um, the Extreme Face Cream. Oop, I got that here. And I've got the um, Intense Therapeutic Gel. I have to keep reminding you guys because I need to be reminded of things all the time. And I order. I, I will listen to an InfoWars commercial for like several times and I'll be like, you know what? I'm getting it. That's why I have the X2 thyroid stuff all stored up and I take iodine from them every single day. I love to hear what things work for other people and we're getting out of the um, their economy and creating our own economy. And then you're supporting us and you're supporting great Christians while you're at it. So we love you. God loves you. God bless. And I'm doing this ending here. Boom. If I can, where is it? There it is. I was called all along. No place for